As you know, Third Floor Wars is a one-person operation. Every week I record, produce, and release podcast episodes and video content on both the YouTube and Twitch channels. Consistently creating new content isn't easy, and it requires a lot of focus and energy. It can be hard to find the balance. Too much energy and I feel amped and not enough and I lose my focus and drive. The thing is, is I'm not an energy drink guy, but I've started drinking a shot called Magic Mind. Instead of reaching for a second, third, or fourth cup of coffee to keep my energy levels, now I take this little shot every morning with my one cup of coffee and I'm set for the day. It's made me more productive during my day job and it leaves me with more than enough energy and focus to make content for you. It has all natural ingredients sourced from the best suppliers they could find. No sugar, nut-free, vegan, keto, and paleo-friendly. You should check it out. Go to magicmind.com slash thirdfloorwars. That's magicmind.com slash thirdfloorwars and use the code TABLETOP for up to 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days. That code again is TABLETOP. Okay, do you have the energy to listen to the rest of the episode? But I guess the thing is that it's like, uh, you know, the rule is like make the game you want to play. Right. I wanted... To, to do this activity. This is something I really wanted to do. So I was like, I don't know if this can actually work as a game, but I really want to kind of find out. None of my interviews play out the same way. This discussion an interview with Ben is my favorite type of interview. Forget we're recording a podcast and we just end up relaxing and geeking over games. Get ready because his love of the hobby takes over this interview and I love it. We talk about how Microscope came to life. We also dig in deep on his newest game in this world. You are stronger than me if you can resist buying in this world after listening Ben talk about it. I love that getting people to think about concepts they may never explore is a design cornerstone for Ben. Stick around after the closing when I share in between segments and chats. Normally, these are just small little snippets and discussions that we have between recording segments. But Ben and I put some meat in those discussions, and I want to make sure you get a chance to hear them. So stick around after the closer, because there's a 10 minute plus chat that Ben and I have that I just couldn't find the place for in the regular podcast. So I think you might enjoy it. Okay, sit back, relax and enjoy my discussion with Ben. This is Guy Miller. When I'm not running one-shot games at conventions, you'll find me listening to Tabletop Talk. Howdy friends, Craig here. Today I'm chatting with Ben Robbins of Lame Mage Productions. Ben is the voice behind the Arzudi blog and the creator of several lauded RPGs. He may be best known for his award-winning, groundbreaking, world-building timeline RPG microscope. Ben, welcome to the third floor. Hello, thanks for having me. You have been on my hit list for a very long time, my friend. Oh, no. Is this a setup? (laughs) It is a setup. So uh, when I started interviewing creators, I made like this giant wish list and I've been working my way down it Um, and you have always been on it. So I was very, very thankful that we got connected. Um, uh, It was inevitable. You were going to. I like that better when I get a handshake versus I start stalking you and, you know, it gets uncomfortable. So I'm glad we avoided that whole phase. (laughs) But I will tell you, Ben, you know, this is I mean, I'm coming on, you know, well over 50 uh, interviews with different RPG creators. 
And there's a very short list of names that continually come up and yours is one of them. Um, so if you like hearing your name, you should go back and listen to my past interviews. Like in a good way, right? In a very good way. <laughs> in a very good, good way. way. Okay. Mostly good. Um, let's hope. <laughs> yeah. So you're whether you, whether you're aware of it or not, you have touched the creations of a lot of other games, which I think is kind of a neat thing. But that I'm sound, jumping That sounds ahead. good when you say it that way. It sounds very good. <laughs> so I'll take it. I'll go with it. So you're going to get the standard <laughs> stupid question that every podcast starts with, but we're going to do it a little bit different. So at some point, you knew nothing about rolling dice. You knew nothing about grabbing a sheet of paper, writing some numbers down and pretending to be somebody else. And then it was put in front of you for the very first time. Can you take me back there? Yeah, that's actually um, uh, that's that's actually a very I think it's a great story. I like it a lot. Um, I was this is back in I started gaming in early 1980 was when I first started playing D&D like way back when Um, and probably so maybe like January of that year and maybe in December or November of the year before that um, I was in a class with some other kids who I didn't know that well. They were like acquaintances, but um, and they were playing Dungeons and Dragons and I didn't know what that meant at all. This is back when like, what is D and I don't understand. Sure. And I remember being like in Walden books and seeing like the little stand where they'd have the modules and you'd see a module and go, what is that? I don't understand what this picture of frost giants is. I don't, I don't get it. Right. I don't know what this means. And they would talk amongst themselves about their D and D game. And they would be like, mm, yes. And they were very like, Hmm, our D and D game. Mm, yes. And they were my age, but they just, they really, they had some attitude. Right. And so I was, I was really curious. I was like, well, can you, you know, uh, explain this to me, like what, what, what's going on? And they're like, you know, oh, you, you might go in the dungeon and I'm like, well, well, how would you know, like what was going on? Like, well, you might be going in the dungeon and you might encounter a gelatinous cube. And I'm like, well, how would you know? I don't think like Monopoly, like, how do you know you're right. encountering a gelatinous cube? Do you flip over a card? And the guy says, you would know because your flesh would start to melt from your bones. <laughs> and like, that was it. That was all the explanation I got. And I was like, what? <laughs> And I was like, they went on to play Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's it. That's what you're going to give me. That's it. And so I got kind of like, mm. and so my dad, uh, bless his soul, basically took me down to uh, back then, like uh, game stores to get D&D. You went to hobby stores. You went to like the store oh, sure. that sold the trains. That's where you bought D&D. I don't know why. Um, and we went down to this place downtown, uh, Bill and Walt's Hobby Shop which is a, which is a super like go down in the basement, like super old and sketchy, so sketchy. And like, and I got the, uh, was it the Holmes D and D the, uh, the one nice. with the, 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 the really, the, and it like, it, they didn't have dice. You just got the chits. You had to cut out the chits. Mm-hmm. You had to buy dice separately. It was that whole deal. And I got it home and I read it and I basically taught myself to play D and D and then got people together to play D and D. Like nobody, nobody taught me how to play D and D. I figured it out from the book, which is, Probably pretty weird, I think. That's that is that's very that's very unique. And looking back on it as an adult now, do you have a sense like there's a lot of people that bounce when they try to do it on their own and you didn't. Do you have a sense of why it clicked or how you were able to get your arms around it? I don't know. I was already into like a pretty creative phase. I was like really into science fiction at that point. And then this just completely derailed that entirely. Um, I got I tried to get I tried to get my first game together and I was like, this is going to be awesome. Uh, I, I'm going to be running the game and I'm going to get, you know, a few fours, but for right number. So I invited, um, a guy who I knew who's sort of a friend and then, uh, two other girls from my class, like perfect two boys, two girls. This will be very proper, yeah. right? This is very rare in that time. Exactly. Neither of them showed up. None of them, <laughs> <laughs> just, 
they just ghosted entirely. And I'm not sure if I can blame them. I don't even know how I explained what this invite was, but they just ghosted. Never did. I don't know if they went on to great careers playing D&D. I hope so, but I don't think they did. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so my first my first dungeon mastering experience was basically with one with one player um, running him through the the module the, the adventure in the back of the basic uh, that Holmes D and D book with a little like you know pirate cove and all that stuff. Yeah, um, and I just I was hooked. It was just like, and I became rapidly like a community teacher. I was in bringing all these people into D and D, teaching all these different people to play D and D, and like people around the city. Like it just got it got. I'm in sixth grade and in sixth grade, I guess I told, I told my teacher about it and she was like, that's awesome. Why don't you teach the class? And so we had a in-class D&D game where there were like 15 students and I DM them all in this terrible, terrible game that was no good whatsoever. But it was just like, like, no, we're doing it. We're, we're playing, we're playing all day D&D. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just got very sucked in and it was just a hundred percent like I'm making stuff up. I'm doing it. So that community aspect of it's interesting, Ben, and the fact that you ended up becoming um, processizing it and, and out there teaching it. I was an organizer. Is, yeah. Early on, I was an yeah, organizer. Right is that bat, something yeah. that was isolated to just D&D or is that something you had done before? I mean, you're only a sixth grader. Is it something you did afterwards? I'm trying to figure out if that's normal. I thought I thought I hadn't. But then. Yeah, I didn't think I did, but then people told me stories of things I had done when I was like in third grade. And I'm like, maybe I had been doing that before and just didn't I wasn't aware of it. It didn't it didn't right. it wasn't like an intentional thing. It was like I wanted to play D D and to play D D you get other people to play D D. So it wasn't like a conscious like I'm organizing people, but but effectively that's what you're doing. And there was right. like different cells of people who didn't know each other, but who I gamed with and I had taught to game. Um it was just super fun. And it was because like, well, yeah. you need more, you need people to play in order to, to play the game. Right. And obviously that formative year and year or so where you're doing this had a huge impact on the rest of your path. Right. But yeah. now as an adult looking back at sixth grade, Ben, what happened? Like, what was it that you came across in that Holmes box that really, how did it get its hooks into you looking back on it now with, you know, older eyes? It's just, it's flat out the, I think it's a very, the very thing that I, that I try to bring in my games now is the part that I loved about doing it as a DM playing is great, but the, but the creative part, the fact that you could make up the world and you make up all these places and you're making up forests and castles, the, the, the world building part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shocker. Shock, shocker. Exactly. <laughs> shocker. Um, I know it all comes around. Right. And that was that was super fun. And that's why I think if you ask, I mean, a lot of GMs anywhere, the, the even if you never play the game, you can have fun for months and months and months, years and years and years, just working on your world and writing up stuff that never gets used. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that, you know, spoiler alert, that the games that I made were kind of trying to do was like, hey, let's take that fun and let's do that together now. Like right. at some point in my career as a DM, I felt selfish. I felt like mm. I'm making up the story. I'm making up all this stuff and I'm not letting them, the players do that. And they right. were mostly fine with it, but I felt weird about it. I started to feel like I was hogging the spotlight and I'm like, maybe you are some some stuff. Um, and I, that's literally what it is. I was like, well, what if we all yeah. mess up together? Wouldn't that be, that's the fun part. I like that. So let's do that. 
So we see at the beginning of the path, we see D&D and what a huge impact it had. What was the next big game? So as you watch yourself continuing <laughs> oh down God. the path, what was the next big game that 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 really got got India? The real answer. Well, the, the wrong answer is Star Frontiers. Star Frontiers came out. We got we got we we just threw everything aside and played Star Frontiers for like months on end. And we're like, forget D&D. Star Frontiers is the best charger. But that's not the real answer. Um it was probably really champions, the hero system. Oh, interesting. Um, when I went to, I went to Shippensburg, the adventure game camp. Yeah, it, exactly. A D&D camp. I went to a D&D camp um, for, and I became a counselor a couple years in. And the counselors all played this much cooler game, champions. That is just math. It's unbelievable math, right? You need a calculator to make a character. And that became the next big thing. But in hindsight, I'm not sure why, because like, it's very, very complicated. The mechanics of it are very crunchy. And maybe and maybe that's what it is. I think because if anybody who remembers old school D&D will remember that back in the day of D&D, you had to educate everything. Like if somebody wanted to like, I, I crossed the room and I attacked the ogre, the DM had to basically say, yeah, I think you can get there this round. Oh, and you have to yeah. draw your sword. You have to move around that table. Everything was kind of mother may I. Um, you had to kind of negotiate whether it made sense, which is can be a little tiring. Um, whereas in the hero system, it was so, it was like fourth edition D and D, but decades in advance, it was incredibly yeah. crunchy and incredibly mathematical and you knew exactly what you could do. So you, it was more like a battle map combat, um, kind of thing, which was at the time a lot of fun, but a very different vein than, right. uh, um, the kind of creative world building D and D. Now, did you do just supers with a hero system or did you expand out um, with other genres in in the same system? We experimented a little bit. Yeah, but but mostly heroes. And I'll I'll be honest, uh, I'm not very good at superhero as a genre. Like I I, I just I'm just not good at it. I don't I don't think I grew up as much comic book superhero. I I read them, of course, but not. I look back at the plots that I was coming up with as a DM and they're just terrible. They're just like, you know, like you go to the bank, there's guys there, they're robbing it. Like, What's the struggle there, do you think? They were just, they were just, they lacked, they lacked interesting character involvement. I don't know, they were just really bad in hindsight. So I was but in That's high not school. something you saw with your, uh, with your other games? It's something unique to the genre? I think that in fantasy... Well, like in fantasy, you can have a big overarching plot. Like there's a reason we're doing these things. There's a goal. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a legend we're trying to fulfill or whatever. So you can kind mm-hmm. of characters fit in the, the branch, but superhero as a genre, superheroes as a genre can be very reactive. Like you are not the, I mean, you are not the, you are not the proactive, you're not the protagonist, right? The villains are the protagonists. The villains are taking action. Right. You're reacting to the villains. Um, so point. it's very easy to fall into kind of a, the villains have the cool plot, like they've got the plan, but the heroes are just kind of like, oh, no, we're going to stop that. Um, you don't really have superheroes trying to. Having a big long term plan that they're trying to fulfill. Right. right? That's not the normal genre. Um, maybe that's what it is, but it might just be, um, you know, liking fantasy and getting fantasy more, understanding it better. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas not so much getting the superhero stuff. But anyways, my apologies to everybody who suffered through my superhero games. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> apologies. <laughs> so speaking of genres, then we talk about fantasy and, and why fantasy clicks with you, why you struggled with, with superheroes as you go in through and played several more games in your time, were there other games or other genres that, that put you in competition with fantasy where you just came across and went, Oh, I get this. Like I like playing here. 
Yeah, I've, I mean, I've always liked sci-fi, but I'm not sure I've ever really hit a ton of sci-fi like systems that really clicked for me. Um, weirdly enough, um, I don't okay. know why that is, but just it. A lot of times when I'm playing story games, playing like light indie games, um, I will often gravitate to sci-fi like futuristic settings. You know, exploring the nature of you know whatever society. A hundred percent, tons of the time, but not in a never back in like the days of like gming games that that wasn't really um, a genre that we really ever took off with um but nowadays i would do it i do it constantly like for for one shot games and short games it comes up a ton yeah how often are you playing more traditional type games are you do you find yourself playing more of the newer indie and oh yeah cutting edge type stuff or do you find yourself going back and being a gm again cutting edge sounds so good i like it when you say it that way yes it's cutting it i mean it's it's i mean you, you try not you try not to you it is, you know, one's not better than the other, even if I no, like one more than the other, right? It's that thing, right? Right. Um, honestly, I don't GM much anymore. And when I do, mm -hmm. I always feel weird about it now. Like, I think I've kind of gotten that past that. I don't, I, I'm always still thinking like I should be sharing the spotlight with other people more. Um, and even when I GM, I try to, it's just, it's just a different mindset now. I, I GM'd 100% of the time for the first 25, 25 years, 25 years of gaming. I GM'd entirely, right? I played a little bit, but I was almost always GMing. Um, and now I've just kind of sh shifted to this other thing where the thing that really interests me is this kind of collaborative, creative thing um, and seeing how the group dynamic can result in something that's awesome. And it surprises me. That's the really fun thing about not GMing is that you, I love being surprised by the things that yeah. bring to the table. I hate it when I show up at a game and I have like a strong idea of what should be happening. Like to me, that's like, oh no, that's no fun. Now, cause I've already thought of it. I'm not interested. Right. I want to, I want to even surprise myself. Like there'll be yeah. games where I will, I will be saying something. And even <laughs> as I'm saying it, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going with this. And then it comes out and you're like, oh, that's awesome. I love that. Like I'm, I'm really happy with that. It's the best feeling. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, last weekend over the holiday, uh, we're recording this just after Labor Day. Um, there's a bunch of couples that, um, we, I've introduced a board game. So I, I'm, I'm spreading the disease and, um, they're hooked now. They spend money, you know, they, they're, uh, listen to the, podcast the economy, the they're helping the economy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I said, you know what, I'm going to bring fiasco and, and like either it's going to be either they're ready or they're not. Right. And, uh, spoiler alert. Oh my God. They like, <laughs> and, I, and I don't know what my, I don't know what my problem has been. I, I always, always underestimate people's ability to role play. Yeah. You know, with, and I've introduced, you know, I use fiasco as always my gateway because it's very easy. You can, you can pick a play set that has a touchstone everybody's familiar with, you yeah. know? And every time I'm super like anxious, like, like this is going to be terrible. They're going to stare at me like, what the hell are you doing, Craig? Let's play Catan. And I'm, and then I want to kill myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but every time, every time it clicks. And the reason I went on this complete tangent is because we were doing, we were playing fiasco and, like a thing comes out of my mouth. Uh, suddenly my character is running a puppy mill out of my basement. <laughs> no idea where it came from. No, like, and as I'm saying it and watching everybody react, everybody leans in at the table and I'm like, so I'm with you hundred percent. I love yes, those moments yes. where you're like, Oh, yes. now we're going to do this. Yes. It's just I the best. In fiasco, I, got, I mean, shout out to fiasco because the fiasco, I think 
Like you can make, oh, Fiasco is easy, Fiasco is a simple structure or whatever. I don't think that's it. I think the, th the two things about Fiasco that makes Fiasco such a winner as a gateway is that um, it's real world. It's like, yes. I'm a drug dealer behind the 7-Eleven. I get that. Everybody gets that. Um, and the fact that failure is 100% embraced, like you, you can be yeah. a total loser. In fact, the more of a loser your character is, the better. Um, and it just completely deflates that tendency that people have to like try to win or try to whatever it's right. basically just like oh we're not doing that it's not the point of this game at all um and i think that tapping into that mindset makes gives people the freedom just to kind of be like just wacky fun yeah one of one of my uh litmus tests that that everybody's like everybody's getting this is when they choose not to set the scene but they choose the outcome that they're going to set the outcome and they choose negative. They're like, yeah, yeah. that did not go well for me. And they choose. I'm like, all right, now we're getting this. Now we're going. Like, yeah, now we're doing no, this. Which and, is and I think that's great. another, the, the whole, the whole choose, choose the beginning or choose the end thing is another genius, like steam valve for people who are like, well, I'm not sure. Cause the, the thing you said about the, um, underestimating people's ability to role play, like there is distinctly, there are people who like have never seen a role playing game before but they're just ready to think on their feet and they're ready to go and they're ready to do it. And then there's other people who might be even incredibly experienced gamers who are still not really comfortable doing that and who just don't have the temperament. And so we'll feel, you know, the, the spotlight, they'll feel put upon, they'll feel nervous um, and they're just not comfortable. Uh, yep. And so the idea of like, well, you can just pass it to someone else and let them frame the scene is genius because it's like it's like, a, it's like an out, right? You could be like, well, let someone else do that if you don't want to. I, I keep telling Jason he should make some more games. He's getting kind of good at it now. So uh, I don't know. His, his day job at the garage is <laughs> and the drug dealing. I mean, no offense, but the drug dealing is very. You're gonna God bless this part your out, morning right? star. Jason will be, will be pretty mad about this. So. Um, so you know, we've we've kind of gone beyond some of the traditional games, and now we're getting into some of what you know what what is called storyteller games. I don't. There's not a great name for any of it, no. right? But it's it's a different type of gaming. Again, continuing us back down the path, we're walking through the Ben Robbins Museum. We get to the next <laughs> exhibit, right? This is your life. What is the game that blew your mind? When did you, because it seems like everybody yeah. has one where they came across a game. And they're like, what the hell is this? And I need more of it in my veins. Do you remember what game that was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a distinct. Um, this was 2005. Um ironically it's when i first started actually like hey i'm gonna write stuff for publication but the stuff i was writing for publication for sale was like traditional stuff it was like this is mutants and masterminds modules or whatever um and we got a game called capes and capes is i don't know how to say this it's like it's good no yeah superheroes right it, it kind of isn't though i mean it is but it isn't um it it is yeah you're right that's ironic ironic that's <laughs> very ironic um it is in fact, I had just been running an entire second superheroes campaign right before this. That was kind of good. I was trying to redeem myself from my past sins. The thing about Capes is that it is simultaneously a very good game and honestly a way too complicated game. It, it's interesting. When you hear it, you're like, that sounds awesome. And then you start to describe how you play and it's like, wow, that is too much. Like you need about a third of that to play. So I have extremely fond memories of it, but I've, every time I try to get it out to like play with people, they're like, that sounds great. And then you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and they're like, wait, what? We're still, this is still one round. Are you kidding? Like there's a loop within a loop within a loop. What are we doing? What's happening? And I'm not kidding. I, I feel it's definitely a game that needs like the chopping block, like keeps a good idea. The good idea is awesome. Yeah. But, but the point of Capes was it was the very first, um, 
cooperative GMless like it was it's very mechanical. It's like you put dice on index cards, you roll dice to, for conflict to take control of those narratives to be able to just, you know, it's, it's not just like tell the story. It's like a you're, you're vying for control of parts of the story. Yeah, it's a game. It's a game. It's a, it's a proper yeah. like there are mechanical ways to achieve your goals. Yeah. And we had uh, kind of like just like a, a mind opening experience with it where it started off not good. And we were really <laughs> locked into our preconceptions. And then we just kind of like click like just broke out and escaped into the wide universe. And it was like, we were doing a difference. I think I did it first. And the other players at the table looked at me like I had two heads and it was genius. <laughs> we, so, so part of it to, to explain the story a little bit is like uh, you, you, in each round, you, you come back in you, and you play your character again, but you don't have to play your own character. You could be like, well, mm. I'm picking first. I'm going to pick an existing, your character. I'm going to take your character. So this is this great, like, Oh, I'm returning as the character you played last round. And there's I think there's a way to prevent it or whatever mechanical thing. But the point is we we did like a dumb bank heist bit and then we jumped back in time. We're like, this is dumb. We're we're going back to ancient mythology. It was like, it was like we we did it was dumb robbers in an alley stealing a jewel. And it was really dumb and it was like a fight. And I'm like, well, this is stupid. So then on the next scene, and this is actually, oh wait, this is foreshadowing. This is gonna come up again. This this leads into microscope. <laughs> so then it's my turn to frame the next scene. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's that jewel, but now it's 5,000 years ago in ancient fantasy times where we see where this ancient jewel came from, right? So we've jumped into like the king's court thousands of years ago. We have this whole scene where like all the heroes, we've now just made up a bunch of fantasy heroes and we're arguing over who should do this quest, whatever. Still good, but we're still kind of like, we're still just kind of doing normal things. And then in the third scene, um, uh, one of the other players was like, your character did really well last game. Your Hercules-esque character I'm taking that character. Ha. Interesting. And they took it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to come back in. I am. You're like this Hercules character. Well, I am basically Zeus. I'm your dad. I'm a <laughs> god. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm in this scene. And it was like, it was like traveling through a mountain pass being attacked by bandits was the premise. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm Zeus. I'm not really in the fight. I'm just there to check on my son and see how he's doing. So I'm like, hey, son, what's up? And just leaning on a cloud. And it was just the look on her face when I said that. I'm just like, Ugh! and it just the whole scene. And then later on in the scene, she like spent a point. She's like, "Well, fine. I'm the Hera analog. I'm your." Oh I, like, my god! It just, it just, it just was the escalation. The other players at the table were like, "I want to fight the bandits. What's going on?" They were like, "Oh no, we're having a whole." You we're know, making a goddamn religion. <laughs> we're having a pantheon. Like checking in. The sun. It was just. It was great. It was a great like. Oh wait. You can, you're not constrained by, right. you're, you're obeying what we agreed to, but it doesn't have to be on the small stage. We can just take it to the big stage. And not only that, we can take what looked like a fight and make it be interpersonal. Like now it's suddenly, mm -hmm. it's not about the fight at all. The fight is irrelevant. This is about, you know, it's my son, the, the demigod, you know, he hasn't called in a while. <laughs> Your dad misses you. So it was just, it was just a great it was a great eye opener. And sadly, we then tried to do across the next couple of years. I was like, ah, oh, this, there's a thing here. And we kept, we tried some other games, but the, it was very frustrating for about a couple of years. We, every time we try to do another game like this, uh, it just didn't click. Like people weren't, it, it's hard to shift when you've got a normal group. Like we've played D and D, you know, like, or, or not D and D, but like a DM games. Right. To shift to this different m mode is hard. And I didn't, I was not a good teacher because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so it was very, it was frustrating thing for everybody to switch around into a different mode of play. 
until I basically wound up like going off and meeting other people who did do this mode of play and gotcha. like, trying to convert. It's the, the lesson of like, you can't necessarily convert the people who like one thing mm-hmm. to like another thing. And it's unfair to assume they will like it. So sometimes you need to be like, well, I'm going to find other people who do want to play these things. And then I go back. Once I get it, I go back and I do play these games with them. But it wasn't like you can't just be like, hey, stop, stop playing chess at the chess club. I would rather play checkers now. Let's all play checkers. It's not it's not really fair to do that. So when you talk about gaming, obviously, we're talking about role playing games in this sense. Is there other types of gaming that's, that that you love to do? Do you get into board games, video games, things like that? Or is it pretty yeah. much this, you know, this type of gaming? I mean, I do. I do. Uh, it's weird. Like, um, I do play some board games, but they're not I'm not as into it, particularly since uh-huh. a lot of board games. I, I've discovered I've discovered over the years that um, I have a lot less interest in competitive games, mm-hmm. like particularly in com- competitive board games. I'm just like. It's not what I'm here for. I'm just not interested yeah. in it. Um, and there are, there's a much smaller field of cooperative board games. The ones that are, there's some very good ones, um, but then there's just, there's not a wide variety of them available. So I think it's a disappointment for some of my friends because they're like, let's try this new game. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not really, not, I'm not into it if it's going to be competitive, right? Yeah. And it, um, I, I, I'm not sure that the board game world has figured out cooperative yet. Um, it's hard. Cooperative's hard. It's very, very hard. There's the, the list of cooperative board games I enjoy is really, really short. Um, yeah, exactly. It just, uh, there, there's, I think there's some advancements that are going to come. I don't think they've come quite yet. Um, and if I'm going to do cooperative, then that's typically not a board game, uh, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. So the fun, the, the fun of like, oh, we're going to beat the game together, like like uh, Pandemic yeah. is always the, the, the most fine tuned, almost too fine tuned of an example. Yes. Like it's, there's no there's no margin for error. Right. No. So it's a little bit too precise. But yeah. Well, and it calls in the quarterback, too, which is one of the things that I struggle with with. Oh, I hate it so much. Right. Um, And it's but you're starting to see. You're starting to see that dealt with in design. You're starting to see games that are that are allowing incomplete information, even right. though it's cooperative. And that's starting to solve for that. But I we right. could have I could do a whole podcast series on that. So we're going to skip that. No, so, and that and that. But, but the coaching thing to jump slightly goes right into the story game thing, because it's a, yes. another problem. Like the if we're playing a cooperative creative game together, you can't coach people. Coaching right. kills the whole thing. It just yes. it's dead in the water. Right. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. And, and there's no, there's huge value in the fact that the fact that I camping trip last weekend, I have played fiasco 20 times. They've never played it. We were all on the same footing. Yeah. We were all the same thing. The only thing I had is I knew how to start. But after that, like I was seeing shit I've never seen. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the most fun. Right. And it's, it's this weird thing too, of like the, when you're, when you're the facilitators, we, we, when I run, I run story game Seattle for like, eight years right and facilitator was the term we used for the you mm-hmm. know it's the it's a gmos game but you're teaching it right you have no special rule authority but your job is to remind people how the rules work people, people yeah. mistakenly break rules all the time or because they don't know what they're doing right or they'll they will coach or they will take a turn out of turn or whatever and your job is like oh no that's not how this game works you know, you don't reach over and take the other person's card in the middle of poker, right? That's not how it works, right? That's against the rules. Let me explain to you that why that doesn't work. Um, and that's that's an incredibly valuable, it can be very difficult, but it's incredibly valuable. And if you do it well, it looks like it's not even happening, right? It looks, Correct. looks effortless, yeah. Yeah, no, it's very, very true. So Ben, the, uh, 
The easy question would be, Ben, when did you become a professional game designer? Um, mm. But that's not the question I'm going to ask because it's mm. easy. The hard question is, when did you first feel like a professional game designer? When did you finally go, and, and it may not have been the first game you made and sold, what was the first time you went like, oh, shit, like, I'm a game designer? Well, I'll tell you, so it's the slippery slope of that is that back like even the back in like the whatever, like the eighties, you know, like the early nineties, right. There was the, I, I want to publish material. I want to publish world stuff. I want to publish modules. And back then before third edition, before the SRD, you basically could not do that. You, if you right. did it, it was like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Um, and then on top of that, the internet, there was no internet. So it's like, what are you doing? You're going to print something, you know, what are you doing? Right. Um, the, the barriers to entry for making material for the game you were playing D and D were just huge, impossible to overcome. Um, but like, and we even, I remember distinctly in the mid nineties, a bunch of friends of mine had a business meeting because we were talking about a game we were going to design to play, you know, it's like, like it was always there. I was like, "Mm." but for huge chunks of time, it was the. I'm going to make material for other games. And even the first things I did publish like under Lay Mage were supplements for, they were you know, adventures for Mutants and Masterminds. And I just remember how incredibly limiting it was. Cause it's like, hmm. I have to work with someone else's system. And there's all these things about the system that I got to work around and kind of fiddle with. Um, so it's like, we, we talked about making our own system a million years ago, but it was a terrible idea. I was like, this is, we got nothing for it. Um, but to actually like the urge to like, now I want to actually make a game came, I think after like we went to Gen Con one year and it was when I really started like full bore hitting the indie game circle and like meeting, like I met Ryan Edwards and played a demo of a game with him that was just hilarious. It was, it wasn't even his game. It was the, we wanted to play a different game and he's like, well, that guy's not here. But I'll run it. I'll run a demo for it. what the heck. He was just like, sure, I'll do it. That'll be great. Let's 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 go for it. And we had such a fun time. And it was the because it wasn't like a demo at all. It was like, oh, we're just, we're just playing a game. It was great. Yeah. Um, but at that, uh, at the, one of the indie booth things, I bought a game. So I think it was one of his, like some from some competition. The game was called. Um, what is it called? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. But, it, but basically, the it'll hit me in a minute. The game is about. <laughs> Two people who have a love affair and one of them is a murderous wear rat. That's the okay. premise of the game. Every time you play this game, that's what it's about. It's about a love affair where one of them is a murderous wear rat. And you're like, what? Amazing. Like, that's the game? And it's always about that. Every time you play, that's oh, what it's that's about. that's great. And I was like, and I remember reading it and being like, one, this is totally bonkers. But two, the kind of realization that like, you could make a game what it, be whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to make it a universal system. You didn't have to make right. a D&D parallel. You didn't have to make a universal combat system. You could pick as finite of a topic as you were interested in and make a role-playing game about that. And that was yeah. like, particularly with such a terrible idea as it's a, it's a romance with a murder square rat. Uh, it was just a real like, wow, I can do kind of anything I feel like doing. And then this led down this quarter, like, well, wait, what do I want to do? And suddenly I started mm-hmm. working on things. I was like, well, what do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Um, so it really was like a, and it's like 2008 or 2007, one of those Gen Cons. And it was really like, because I was already publishing, I was just publishing stuff that was like, you know, adventures, modules. Right. Um, and that then led to the, to the, to the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so guys, the Insider Insights series allows me to sit down with designers, developers, artists, writers, and creators and learn how they approach their work. I try to understand their process, inspiration, and the methods for crafting their creation. We've got a lot to talk about with Ben when we come back from this break. We're going to talk about a little game called Microscope. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Attention all floor heads, gather round. I have a quest for you. You can simultaneously show your love for the show and embark on rewarding adventures. Head over to drivethroughrpg.com, your one-stop shop for all things gaming. Whether you're looking for rule books, maps, art, or epic tales to enhance your gaming experience, it is that one-stop shop. Now, in the show notes, there's a unique affiliate link. Every one of your purchases directly supports Tabletop Talk if you use that link. It's like casting a powerful spell that helps us keep the podcast going strong. So next time you're itching for a new adventure, follow the affiliate link in our show notes or bookmark it now in your browser. It can be your portal to everything on DriveThruRPG. Now let's get back to the show, but please support the show by using that DriveThruRPG affiliate link next time you are shopping at the site. So without question, before I knew who Ben was, um, I kept hearing, have you checked out Microscope? Have you checked out Microscope? And, and Ben, to give you a little bit of background you didn't ask for, I am um, a skin. So I played um, role-playing games heavy through high school and college. Um, and then I took a very long break, a 20-year break. I came back to the hobby um, right at the beginning of COVID. And I'm like, what the hell have you guys been doing? Like I left champions and GURPS and came back to this. Right. And uh, the first like I, I the first game, I, I said, I, I want to get back into RPGs. I missed them. Right. So I, I did what I was familiar with. I bought fifth edition or whatever it is of GURPS, started going through it. And I'm like, God, I remember loving this, but like this isn't clicking for me. And on a whim, because of the art, I bought Blades in the Dark. And so I. I start reading that. I'm like, what the, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't understand what the hell I'm reading. John Harper, what the hell? Yeah, like I, I literally could not understand what was happening here. So I ended up taking a bit of a step back. I got it. I got the uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars with a narrative dice, right. which was familiar enough, but pushed my limits a little bit. And anyway, so then I fell into it. But as I started, and this is where this podcast came from, I kept discovering all of these games, but not knowing how they came to be, right? What happened while I was sleeping for 20 some odd years? And everybody's like, have you checked out Microscope? Have you checked out Microsoft? I'm like, fuck it, I'll go buy the goddamn game, shut up. <laughs> so I get it and I gotta tell you, Ben, and this was a year or two into this, I, I had a Blades in the Dark moment where I opened, opened up your game, I'm like, what the hell is this? And what was really special about it, and we're gonna get into this, um, 
I gave it to, I've got a professional writing friend of mine who makes his living writing. He and I've known each other since high school. We used to game in high school. And, uh, I sent it to Patrick and I said, Patrick, you, you got to check this shit out. Like, like, I think this is a big deal. And he, and he's always been kind of my barometer of what's a big deal, especially in gaming, because he's not in it like I am. Right. So right. sometimes my head can get to him. He comes back and he goes like, holy shit, Craig. And I'm like, OK, good. We're <laughs> playing it. We're going to go camping. We're going to play it. And we just had fun with it. So very quickly, for those of you listening that um, are not familiar with Microscope, I think the best way to describe it is probably done by a person who we've already brought up, which is Jason Morningstar, who's been on the show. So this was uh, Jason's blurb about Microscope. Ben Robbins' microscope may be the clearest written game text I've ever read, which is helpful because it's also one of the most innovative games I've come across in a long time. Microscope engagingly challenges assumptions and upends long-held conventions of play while delivering a singular and satisfying evening of gaming. And, quote-unquote, fractal role-playing is no joke. The minute you finish... You'll want to dive back in and explore some interesting sliver of the vast history you just built. And boy, every word of that is true. And I experienced it first time when Patrick and I uh, uh, started playing it. So, Ben, at some point, this there nothing even remotely related to microscope was ever in your brain. And then something started scratching. And now you know that that was the origin of Microscope. Can we go back there? What was that initial scratch? Yeah, if, if I if I if I start to really oh wait before 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 quick shout out John Harper. I played some of the best early indie games sitting down at the table. John, uh, the Devil and Zael. If John ever hears this, great game, Chef's Kiss. Oh, we had, we had we had such we had such good we had such good times in uh, uh, Tony Dollar's basement in Seattle. Oh my God, we had some we had some fantastic like. <laughs> Just seminal. This is how this works. This is this is the fun. This is where the fun comes from. Where we're all surprising each other. Just it's so good. Such good times. Um, yeah. So microscope. I I in hindsight, the more the longer I, I worked on microscope, the more I realized how far back microscope right. went in my brain. That it was like I thought I thought of it here, but then I started to look more like wait a second. I was doing that. Here and here and here, like to go all the way back to back to the D and D thing. That I'm a teenager and I'm a I'm a game designer or you know, I'm GM. I'm a game master. Um, I would do this thing. I had this campaign game I ran from like literally when I was 11 to 25, 27, something like that. Um, and it was you know one game world and had all these different groups who had played in it across time and college out of college whole cross, you know, spanning thing, you know, the typical long-term D&D game, tons of different players have played in it, which lent it a sense of reality because each person right. that played in it was like, I know all these other people have also played in this world. You're not just making this up in the moment, which is super fun. But one of the things that happened with that was that history was kind of a big thing. It was like, mm. hey, we're playing now, but we know in the past these things happened and that's why this is happening now, Right. And then over time, I would just start to be like, well, what happened in this chunk of history and what happened back here? I would kind of like build in my head different sections of the past and see how they kind of integrated and led to the future. But then not only that, at some point I was like, well, hell, let's play some games in those periods. So I actually started, I would run like one-off games, like, okay, this is going to be during the silent war. This is going to be like a, just, and people would know, oh, this is 400 years before the, the main game 
and it's a normal adventure, but it was like the whole culture is different because we're in this different era. And I was doing that without really, again, no idea that that was really like a microscope thing that I was doing even back in college. But it's, I think it's that, that I've always, um, one thing is I have, a, I have a very good memory, apparently. Like I remember oh, okay. things from way back that people are like, I don't remember that at all. Um, and I tend to, I just think it's how I look at things. I look at things like I will remember things in the past as being connected to the present, for example. Um, mm -hmm. but so the, the habit I got this, like building and looking at the different timelines. And then I, when I, when I, the superhero game, I was joking about the later superhero game had a similar thing where it's like, oh, there's, I'm looking at how the blocks of history in the past kind of connect. So it's like, I think I was subconsciously doing it a bit even before i properly did it but what's interesting right. is that i'm not sure that's really the interesting part of microscope that i think that the part the part the thing that really kind of was like no this is worthwhile um as a thing is that as i was kind of digging into like is this even possible can this even work can it even be done this way um can i make a game where people can go back and forward in time and, and make stuff up um, was this kind of realization that it wasn't weird at all, that it, it, it seemed really weird, but it's not weird. Like, um, so? think of, think of like you're in school and you learn about a topic, right? The first time you're a kid and someone tells you, Hey, there was world war two. There's this thing that happened. You know, we, we, we fought the Germans and the Japanese and you know, it was, it was a really big war and you're like, Oh, okay. And then later on you learn more about it, right? You don't, you never learn things in chronological order in the same right. detail. You learn a big superficial chunk of knowledge. And then later on you get more information and you kind of drill yep. down. And then later on, someone's telling you about, you know, sick in the Bismarck and you're getting into some very detailed thing. Mm -hmm. um, but as I was working on the game, I was like, wait, this is kind of naturally how we approach data. Interesting. You know, like it's because yeah, yeah. part of it was when I was making it, one of the big fears I had was that like, this is just simply impossible. Players, <laughs> I'm going to confront players with this and they're going to go, this is bonkers. I don't even know how to do this. Okay. And when I, the first time I played it, I was like sweating bullets. Like, is this even going to work? Oh, but before that, I'd been working on it. Um, and I, and I tried a bunch of different things. And then I, I was like, I hadn't told anybody about it. So I told my dad about it <laughs> over Christmas. I was like... My dad, really smart guy, right? I was like, I was like, I got this thing I'm working on. And I told him, I was like, here's the thing. And, he, and then I told him the idea and he was, he got it immediately. He just, was like, he totally understood what I was getting at. And it was, wow. was like, thank you. And point of comparison, because then like two months later, um, some very good friends of mine who are also very smart people, they knew I was working on a game. I hadn't told them a single thing about it. And I said, hey, we're going to have a meeting. I'm going to, I'm going to let you in on it. I'm going to tell you what it is. And we had to sit down the three of us. And I told them and they looked at me like I was crazy <laughs> and they just were like, okay. And I mean, to their credit, we then played it like a month later and they had, they had a great time and they were completely converted, but it's that it's not necessarily plausible when you hear it to go like that. That sounds maybe like a thing, but would that work? I don't know. Yeah. And I can tell you, Ben, having experienced that, that, that was something that was in my head as I was reading it. And what I've said to more than one person is 
buy it, read it, and then don't stop. Go grab a stack of cards and get some people together. You have to start playing it. Yeah. It's a game you can't just read. And and not all games are like that. There's some games you can just read and get a lot of value from it. But I'm a firm believer with Microscope. You have to grab the cards. You got to start doing it. Yeah. Because I didn't get it till I played it. Yeah. Quite, quite honestly. Um, I don't think I'm alone in that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I feel like we've skipped a step, though, Ben, because oh, yeah, yeah. we've talked about how the, the seeds of this was mm-hmm. scattered all throughout, you you know, your early years. And the fact that you love the world building, you love the timelines, you love the shared worlds, the pseudo West marches. There's a history here and things have happened. But what I don't get a sense of is when did you first go? But could this be a game? Yeah, I feel like we skipped that skipped over that. It's like I think right before this, I was working on like I was like I was playing a game and I was like, oh, we could do like a, we could do like a god game where you were gods and you were mm-hmm. like, let's make the mythos that the gods were in. There was this kind of like middle step of like, and then I was like, wait, did it have to be a mythos? Could it just be like, no, this is a. Does it have to be like we're telling stories about the past? Could it just actually be the past? Like, could it be? Um, and there's, it, it's weird. So like the, the year of, uh, 2008, I guess was the big, like formative, is this going to work as a game in my brain mm-hmm. where I'm just kind of like, I was looking back over the notes I have from that period. And they're just like, again, is this even possible? Is this even a game? Can this even mm-hmm. be a game? Um, but I guess the thing is that it's like, uh, you know, the rule is like, make the game you want to play that right. I wanted to, to do this activity. This is something I really wanted to do. So I was like, I don't know if this can actually work as a game, but I really want to kind of find out, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. cause I want to play it. I think it's what it is. And I, and again, I think it was, there was a certain, like, um, like I said, just, just a, a, a strong doubt that this could be, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why I'm trying to put myself back in the mindset. I think once you think like, it's like, okay, on one hand, maybe this is a terrible idea. Right. Or maybe right. this is a great idea. But now yep. that I've looked at it, I can't look away. I can't I not completely understand. Proceed, yeah. You know, if that makes sense. Yep. It, it does make sense. Um, so we're going to use my fresh eyes a little bit to help to help yeah. sort that out a little bit. So um, it's going to sound like a weird question, but I think you're going to understand it. Was it always a role playing game? I'm not sure it is mind. now. I'm not. People still argue if, it, if it's even a role playing game or even a game. Um, yeah, I can and, see that. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent people. There's, there's the early reviews are like, no, we're not a game. Um, and I like, Hey, whatever you call it. That's cool. Okay. Good, good, good reviewer voice. I like that. No, impression. Seriously, that I, there's, there's, I have, there's one review. I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it, but there's one review that still just, ah, uh, it's just, it just, it warms my heart. It's so, it's, it hates microscope so much. Um, so Vincent Baker has a very good definition of role playing games, which I think is like, it really clicks with me. It's rock solid. And it's a lot of people say, Oh, a role playing game. Cause you're playing a character and the character advances or whatever. I think that's, that's, that's what the word role playing game means, but that's not what, what we actually do. Right. What it is. Yeah. Um, and his definition, I'm getting wrong. My apologies, but is that a role playing game is a game where we all have to agree about imaginary fiction for the game to mm. work. And if we don't agree, if we fail to agree about the fiction, the game falls apart. Um, and it makes sense because if you look at something like, yeah. hey, we're playing a, like a board game that has little elves and paladins or whatever. But it's a board game. We don't have to agree about anything. The board game controls the state. But in any version of D&D, if you don't agree you've walked into a dungeon in your head, if you don't agree there's a forest in your head right. or a dragon has shown up, 
then the game falls apart immediately. Yeah. Um, and by that definition, it's definitely a role playing game. And mm-hmm. also, and also, this is the part that people don't think about. If you think of when you're the GM in a D&D game all those years, you don't have a character. You're doing all this world building. You play a whole variety of characters that drop a hat. Good point. You're playing microscope, right? You're 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 yep. doing all of those things. And so to say that a, a GM is not playing D&D is weird. Like of course you're playing. You're you're one of the players. You're just you're just a special kind of player, right? So I think one I don't think it's worth arguing about, but if you ask me personally, it's absolutely a role playing game, or as much as <laughs> as much as any game is a role playing game by that definition. So, and it's another example of I wasn't sure when I read it, but I was sure after I played it. Um, yeah. And and for those listening, um, again, you may not be familiar with Microscope, but at a very high level, and this is a ter- this like this is a terrible description of it, but I want to give a little bit of context. You you are essentially creating a timeline, and there is a process and procedure in place to pick beginning, middle and ends, which and this is where the fractal comment that Jason has also has beginning, middle and ends also has beginning, middle and ends. And you end up you end up creating this timeline that is. Easy to do as you're playing microscope and stunning when it's over, because you step back and you look at what. Isaac Asimov level creation you have put together but it was all done procedurally in small ways. And I think the part that I appreciate, and I'd love to hear if this was always part of the design, Ben, the part that really surprised me that I don't know if I didn't believe it when I read it, but it became an important part of the game is when you actually, when I found myself actually doing scenes, yeah. when I found, found myself going back 200 years to define this moment, you play this character, I'm going to play this character, you play that character, let's act, let, let's figure out what happened. And I, again, bringing up yeah. the camping thing, like Fiasco, it's just like, I didn't expect, I didn't expect me to end up putting on these skin suits and, and giving a shit yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and have it matter so fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't spend three hours creating this character. Yeah. This character is on a note card that, that didn't exist. It had no ink on it three minutes later. Was that always in there, the ability to drill down to actual scenes or was it more macro yeah. to begin or? No, it was always it was always it was always supposed to be the full spectrum, supposed to be the okay. lake, all the way from the global down to the lake You know, in the back room. What literally happened in that moment right. between the people, because it's exactly right that that. A lot of people will say, oh, I play microscope, but we don't play a lot of scenes. And I get that because scenes do take up more time at the table. And I think that's that is, if there's a, if there's a flaw of the game, that's definitely one of them. The scenes are the scene rules should be more streamlined so that you could jump into a scene even faster. Um, but I'm 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 very critical of the game. So um, it should be. <laughs> but that moment. Yeah, it's my job. It's what I do <laughs> at this moment. The, the moment when you when you step into those characters' lives and you be the characters and it, and it's a total shift of the dynamic at the table, because up until it then is. you've all been speaking individually, you've been narrating. And now suddenly we're all back looking each other in the eyes, being these people. It's such a weird shift, but it like, it like is the full closure. It brings all the stuff that's happened before. Exactly. Down on the table with you. And it feels can be so intense, right? These moments. Super intense. Super intense. Yeah. And even when you know it's going to happen, you know this person's going to die one scene. You're like you know they're about to die in this event, and that's even more liberating because you're like, I don't yeah. have to fight over the outcome exactly. I'm not. If someone would say it's the 
we're not fighting over what we're fighting over why. Right. We're talking yeah. about what they feel, not like we kind of know the big picture of what's going to happen. Maybe small things might go differently, but we don't understand these people yet. And now we're going to. That's what the scene is for. And, and, and as somebody who grooves on history and grooves on, you know, going down those rabbit holes within history and, you know, not not wanting to know when Hitler won the election. I want to know about the election he lost first. Right. right? I want to I want to learn right. the things that led that up night? to this. Right. What was what was exactly. he thinking? Right. Yeah. And it um, the the game, again, I didn't capture this when I read it, only capture when I played it really does an amazing job of that. Now, let's imagine, Ben. I go back. 20 years ago, no, yeah. no, 15 years, 15 <laughs> years ago, I go, I go 15 years ago and I break into your house and I and I, I steal the first notebook. Yeah, that had the beginning ideas of microscope. OK. Yeah. I go now over to my shelf here on the third yeah. floor and I grab my copy of microscope and I put them next to each other. There's going to be a yeah. lot that's changed. What didn't change? What am I going to see in that notebook that I also see in my copy of microscope? There's so there's there's like the, there's the very first notes of like, could this even happen? Right. And I'm and I'm still mm -hmm. kind of forming it. And then there's the like what I'd call the first. This is now actually like a game structure. I figured out like a structure that I think is a game. That structure that I think is a game before we even ever play test it for the first time, that is alarmingly similar to the end result. The only things that, that kept moving around were things like um, legacies I struggled with forever. Um, and also the kind of like the fine points of how exactly do you educate people to saying whatever they want during scenes? Those kind of yeah. two things were the big hobgoblins that I kept going back and forth on. But things like periods, events and scenes and focuses, all that stuff. By the time I was ready to play for the first time, that had been solidified and just never changed. It just never moved. Um, before that, like in the very proto days, like a couple months before I ran, I was like, it seemed too simple. It seemed too <laughs> easy. And I like, I rebelled against the idea of just making it be like periods, events and scenes seem like such an obvious hierarchy. And I was like, what if I made it like a, no joke. I was like, I can make it like a spiral and like there's shits moving in the spiral. And I had these messages where it's like, it could be like sine waves. <laughs> Try to but, turn into capes. <laughs> but there's this thing where you kind of go like, wait, what? Like I'm, I'm very ruthless with my own designs. I'll look at it and go like, why am I doing that? Does that, yeah. does that get anything? Am I just trying to be clever? Is there any benefit to that? Or should I just kill it? Like, and there's, mm -hmm. there's all these, like, I'll do it this way. Nope. That's dumb. Um, and I was like, no, the simple approach. And I say simple, but cause like that part of the game is simple. Cause the whole concept is weird, right? It needs right. a simple structure because you're, you're going through a weird brain thing. You don't need me to make it more complicated. It's already pretty weird just in content. Um, so no, alarmingly, like some of the, but like, oh, oh, here's one big thing that did change. Um, what changed less was the structure and more the what I realized needed to be emphasized and not emphasized. For example, early on, I emphasized a lot like, hey, this is really weird and jump back and forth in time. And this might have hard for your brain. I stopped doing that entirely. I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to do that. Yeah. A 10 year old plays this game and they, they rock it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was a big thing, and I think like, like maybe our first and second game, very first early two play tests really suffered from this. And I really realized this was a problem was that uh, you couldn't have it be a Rashomon game. You couldn't have it be like, well, maybe it's this or maybe it's this. Like, oh, okay. I'm not sure if that's true. Maybe that's just from their point of view. 
Mm. I realized almost immediately that had to stop that the game, because <laughs> the game is asking you to embrace so much information, you have to know the information you're dealing with is true. Like yeah, if, someone says like it, if someone says that it's true, right? Yeah. Like there's no like vagary to it. Oh, that's a good point. Wow. And I never it was, thought and of that. It, we did it the other way. And it was like, there was like, well, we're not totally sure about this part yet. And like, we're unclear how this turns out. I'm like, no, that kills it. That makes it yeah. impossible to work with. And so now every time someone makes an event and they'll be like, they'll kind of leave it hanging. I'm like, no, no, tell me what happens. Like, do they win? Do they lose? Like end the event, like wrap it up, paint a complete Super picture. Paint a complete picture became, I realized very quickly that that was essential to making it even doable. And once you do it that way, people, people shy away from it. People want to leave open endedness. Like, well, maybe he's dead. Maybe he's alive. Like, no, just tell us you're like the God author. Tell us, give us, yeah. a clear, give us clarity. Clarity is the most important trait. Clarity. Um, I don't care whether you blow up the city or not, but I want to know if the city's blown up or not. And the scope of this matters here because I, I can understand that tendency of saying, I want to leave things open. I don't want to close things off. I want to explore right. them. Right. You have got a shit ton of stuff to explore. So let's close yes. that close jar. It. Let's open. There's like but 10 other jars. Thing. And then the flip side is the realization like, wait, because of this design, you can never actually close the jar. You close the Correct. jar. Sure. I just go back here to before when the jar was open. I, yeah. I go, you blow up the city. I go to before when the city was intact. The realization yeah. that nothing people did actually closed off avenues. Right. was like, oh, wait, go for it. Like, and, and I think that's something people then, once they realize that, that the, <laughs> it's this weird contradiction. You have unlimited power, but your unlimited power is not actually detrimental to other people. It's like you, you make something big happen. And people are like, okay, well, I'm going to go back over here. I'm going to go over here. And, and why you have to play. You can't, you don't, I'm telling you guys yeah. listening, you don't realize this reading the game. I didn't at least you, maybe you're smarter than me, but um, I had to play it to see this. Now I want to go back and capture something that you mentioned. And this was legacies. You said that that was a struggle. I, I, I want to, can we, can we drill down into that? So when did it become a hill? How long did you push the stone up it and how did you get it over? So can you walk me through? Time. Yeah, like like this is this thing. So there's this thing that I find happens pretty much all my game designs. We all get ninety percent of the game is done on the first play test, and it's just, <laughs> the structure is right, and I get yeah. it all. And then there's some little last bit. It's often not even the important parts that I just I just kick, I just beat my head against for like a year and a year and a half, mm -hmm. and I just can't get that part right. But it matters. It's like it's it's not even the load bearing members of the game, but somehow I'm just like I can't figure this out. Legacies. So originally it, in one kind of early, in fact, in, in playtest, this happened for a while. There was an, an idea of like um, counterbalancing drama that like if good things happen, like, you know, before there's a high arc, there's going to be a low arc. And there's this whole drama system where you put tokens like if you were in a light period, but a, you put in a dark event that created a drama token to imply that there's a contradiction there, and that must be resolved somehow, which was cool and made sense, but didn't really, it, it wasn't needed to get people right. to create the structure I wanted. And legacies for a while, I was like, um, oh, Excalibur is a legacy that appears throughout. And people could like literally invoke the legacy to then mm. change things. And I was like, it's cool. And it would be good in another game. In this game, it was not needed. It's the, that was a very cool idea that served no purpose in this game. Um, and so legacies went from being this like tool that you would use during play to kind of like 
pivot things like I want this scene to be different, like I'm invoking the legacy to wait, that's not the point of this game at all. Right. Um, and they became basically kind of a totally different function, which I like much, much more, which is the uh, is a micro focus. It's mm-hmm. like you got the focus, which keeps everyone's attention for one loop. But then you have this little tiny bit where one person can kind of go off book and talk about something else entirely. And then we go back to a big loop. So it's like a big loop, a little loop, big loop, little loop. So it lets people, it gives people some freedom to kind of like explore off where they want, but while keeping everybody else together. Um, How did you get there, Ben? It's partially so West Marches. One of the big things <laughs> in West Marches and even in the the second, the new century city, the second super campaign I ran, um, they had big groups of players and the players were not all in the same game. And so there was this phenomenon of like, you have seen games seven, nine, and 13. Someone else has seen games seven, eight, and 11. You two have totally different viewpoints of what this game is like because you've seen different stuff. I, the GM, have seen all of it, but I recognize, therefore, you've got different points of view. And like you like you don't want that. You we're, A little bit of it can be fun, but like with Microscope particularly, it was like, well, no, I want everyone to be exploring the same yeah. space, which is where like the focus has come in. The focus is like, hey, don't just jump all over the map. Let's talk about the same stuff. Let's stay in the same game together. Right. Um, but then there's a like, OK, but that's can be also kind of like you, you need to give people a little freedom to like close subject matter that they find interesting. So it's like it's like, a, again, it's a little escape valve within an escape valve. It's the 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 the, the, the steam valve escape valves of microscope are legend. Like there's a long list of things that allow you kind of an out to go do something you want to do while still kind of constraining you. Um, and that's what legacies kind of became. They became this like, and I think, I think a lot of people, if you play like a one shot, they, they don't matter that much. Um, but I if you play, that. we've played like seven session games where they, wow. they really come up. Cause it's like, Oh wait, I'm bringing back this legacy from like four games oh, ago. I've got to do that. I haven't it's done that so yet. Good. Yeah. It's it'll happen. When it happens. It's got to change the game when you when you expand it out like that, because I've only played one session at a time for one timeline. But the, the idea of that's interesting. I'm going to have to explore that. You become you become the the, the way I describe it is, is because it's like you, the, you like it was three of us did this. Right. You become like PhDs in this history. Yeah. You guys, you know it so well. Like the cards are like we had the cards spread on the floor at this point, but you're kind of not even looking at the cards. You're kind of like, mm, yes, well, this would be this period. You know, you're kind of like in your head, you you know, you've got this like elaborate knowledge of this setting. Um, and it's the best part of it is that even after that, even after you get all this left, when someone just kind of reaches down and goes like boop and just spreads like a period apart and is like, but guess what? In the middle there, there was this whole thing we didn't know about. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. So. So a lot of times, you know, when we talk about game design, we talk about touchstones and we often talk about touchstones at the beginning. Right. So, so I, I, I watched this movie. I played this video game right. and I was just like, but I'm noticing that sometimes it's in retrospect. Exactly. That we identify touchstones. And I would like to get an idea now that you have printed microscope. <laughs> Do you have a sense of, of touchstones now looking back on it that you realize, you know, these, these were part of the game. Yeah. it's. T- I mean, like, you know, you, you say things like, you know, Oh, you like Lord of the Rings, you know, you like going back to, and like, if you look at every, okay, that's the weird thing. So the, the finished fiction of any microscope game is a chronological history, right? That's the end result. But that's not the process of microscope. So to say, like, I'm a history buff, I like history, doesn't actually tell you the thing. But flip side, 
like I said before, the, it's the way we learn things that it's like, it's how you learn things in school. It's how you learn things now. And it's even how we, like I said, up at the gym, it's how we create things. Like yeah. if, if, even this discussion about microscope is a first, there's a big idea of microscope. And then I'm drilling down and making microscope, right? Microscope, the creation of microscope is in fact a microscope game in a certain sense. Well, I feel like, and I think you, I think you'll agree with this. It's, I didn't feel like I was creating anything. Yeah. I really felt like I was discovering things. Exactly. Yes. Which, which makes you. it super special, right? Yes. Because, yes. but I was creating things, but, no, but, but, exactly. but because of the procedural nature of it, because of the structure that you've put in there, the valves you've talked about, the, the small to big, small to big, the, there are guardrails, which helps, doesn't hinder. Um, that's what it was, which was yeah. like, Hey, let's go there. Yeah. No, right, which is, I mean, that's, that's exactly, and that's exactly, that's how it used to feel. Well, like when I, when I was playing D&D, that's how it would feel. I feel like I'm discovering something in yes. my world. And and that's exactly the feeling in a Microsoft game when you're like, oh, I'm in the zone. Because you, you feel like you're uncovering this stuff. And you kind of are because other people say things that inspires you. So you're kind of discovering it from the things that they have said um, no, that, that feeling is like peak. That's peak microscope. That's good. Yeah, stuff. no, it, and it, it works. It works, but you got to play the goddamn game. I'm just saying, <laughs> you got to play the game. <laughs> people have, people uh, have heard me talk about games before plays in the dark is one of them. Um, where I say, tell them, yes, you, you should play blades, but you can buy blades and read it and never right. play it. And you're going to get an incredible amount of value from that. Right. An incredible amount of value. For that. Microscope, I think, is different. I think I you like Apocalypse World is another great example. Of like, there's, this is a treaties. World. Yeah. Yes. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. So, guys, we're going to take a break. When we get back from this break, we're going to talk about another game. We're going to dig into a game that actually I'm not nearly as familiar with. So I'm excited about this. We're going to talk about In This World. We'll be right back. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Writer's Room, where you can find all sorts of adventures, antics, and escapades for the 7th C TTRPG. I'm Zoe Jackson. I'm Evan Ackley. And I am Patrick Keefe. And we are here to tell you the stories of 7th C. If you enjoy actual play podcasts featuring adventure, drama, and swashbuckling heroism using music and dynamic sound effects, then you've come to the right place. Not only do we bring you stories from our 7th C gameplay, we also discuss the mechanics of the game in special episodes called Notes with the Narrator. To learn more, our Linktree link will be in the bio, and that will help you find us on your favorite podcatcher, as well as support us through our many different platforms. Won't you join us? So... You've been typecast, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, like Ben makes games about making worlds. Um, and that's not all you think about. That's not all you do. But then we have in this world. So I'm going to read the blurb around in this world. And the first question I'm going to ask you is why is it not Microsoft uh, microscope? So just be prepared. So here's the blurb. Nations have borders. Police have badges. Dragons breathe fire and you work for money. That's the world we've come to expect. But in this world, the world we create together, 
we can question those assumptions and imagine alternatives. Instead of just making one world, we'll make a whole string, each exploring a different slice of what could be all in a few hours. I could change a couple of those words and mm -hmm. sell microscope. Yeah. So that's my first question. Having mm -hmm. not read or played this, why isn't this microscope? So let me put it this way. Um, you know, like when someone tells you, like, like, this is what happened in my game. Like, I played a game last night, and this is what happened. Let me tell you a series of events. You know, we busted in, you know, I got my sword out. There was a guy, and, you know, he got the treasure or whatever. That's the fiction that you describe. But mm -hmm. the way you arrive at that fiction could be so different with different games, right? So the even if I said it's a game about uh, a relationship that just broke up and one of them might be a murderous wear rat, I might arrive at the game in a totally different way. And that's that's like the most trite way of saying um, the method of in this world is nothing like the method of microscope. Got it. Okay. Um, and not only that, but even in this case, more so than you might realize just in this brief talk, the output, the, the fiction you get is uh very very different as well in the sense that with microscope you spend all your time laboriously putting together this intricate clockwork puzzle of one history that gets more and more complicated as you go and in this world you and this is going to sound a bit bonkers because it kind of is you you make a world and then you just throw it away you just take that piece of paper and you put it to the side and you say awesome that world was great now we're going to do it again <laughs> And they have no connection to each other. They're not oh, fictionally related. And it is, it's back to the steam valve thing. The, the, it is, it is utterly liberating. This, huh. this, this game has been like just so much, so much hot fun right out of the gate. The people who are like, oh, I'm tired. It's late. I'm not sure I want to be creative. And, and like, oh, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just start playing in this world. We'll see what happens. And like, bang, 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 bang. Um, an hour later, we're like three worlds in and everyone's like, oh my God. Um, oh, that's cool. It, it's, it's like, I love Microscope. Don't get me wrong. Microscope right. is, it's the work of my heart. I love it. Um, but I recognize it is, it is, you know, it's a big endeavor, right? You kind yeah. of, you're getting into this whole thing. It requires a certain amount of brain power to keep it going. Um, there's, there's a whole bit of like getting the ball moving in the first place. This game is like the flip side of all of that. This is like the creative sparks, but without any of the work to get there. And I want to say without any of the work to get there, I mean that like incredibly literally. This game handholds you right up to an awesome first moment and then you just fall right off the cliff. I'm not kidding. I'm 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 very, very happy with how this turned you out. You are very good I'm at selling games, happy. my friend. You are very no, good at like, selling no, games. Here's how you know, here's how you know when your friends are like you know, you know, you get the, the gaming groups. I have a couple different weekly gaming groups, right? People show up and they're like, oh, I'm tired, whatever, whatever, whatever. But they're, and they're always like, well, but I would play in this world. I that's would do cool. that. That's because a big that's deal. easy. It's yep. easy and it's fun. And I know I'm going to come up with something good. Oh, that's and cool. I don't feel like I have to, I don't feel like I have to work for it. Yep. Right. Because that's the big thing. It's like you're putting in effort to get something out. How easy can you make the work? Right. And not only that, but then how much can you feel like what you made is awesome? Like, can you can you really feel a sense of like that was not just awesome, but like, I feel like my brain's working. I feel like it's yeah. making me think. That's, it, it that's was fun whole, and we didn't waste time. 
Right. And like, like you we, feel like you kind of maybe thought about the world. Like you kind That's of. Cool. And, and honestly, I mean, jumping back to the like, what what the heck's the point of this game? The sub point, the hidden point, the like why I really made the game is because it's like I want people to think about the world. I want people to think about things like what's the deal with pets? <laughs> why, why do we do it this way? Why do we have pets? Why do we have animals living in our house? You know, like, like questioning things that we just don't think about all around us constantly, you know, why do yeah. laws work this way? You know, like very Larry David, it's all of this stuff, but, but like yeah. but indirectly, don't just be like, Hey, you know, what's with everybody food? Right? <laughs> to kind of like let people, and it is, and it is amazing. We've had, I mean, some of the worlds you make are just kind of fun, but sometimes people say things that are just like profound. Interesting. Like, we had like an early game where um, people were like, "Hey, let's do like religion and souls," and I was like, "Okay, let's let's do religion <laughs> and souls." Big ask, let's do it. And one of the very first worlds we made was where um, people go to church, but the priests are all atheists. The priests, the priests' job is to basically challenge your faith and be like. And really be like, hey, don't, don't, don't believe in it. And the church sanctions that. That's what they want. They want right. priests to basically say, like, why do you believe this stuff? To really make people question why they believe this stuff. And it's part of their whole, the whole teaching. You're like, oh, my God, That's this world really is interesting. bonkers. And it just got so good. It was like, wow, this is fascinating. Yeah. Like, yeah, that should be. Anyways, it's just, it, it leads to such interesting, thoughtful, like, good stuff. Stuff. I'm going to ask you something before we get into my normal routine about the, the history of this game. Yeah. And something just popped in my head with what you just said. And, and this ties back to what I was talking about. My professional writing friend, Patrick, who was blown away by micros, uh, microscope. Have you had writers come to you about your games yet? Yeah. Yeah. People, people have, I've heard like we use this in the writer's room for such and such um, always like obliquely. Um, but I, I have heard that people do that, but um, I don't have like, I think, I think I've heard major writers do it, but not like, I, I, I'm not sure as a writer, you want to advertise that necessarily. <laughs> to be like, well, and the reason I bring that up is because Patrick has talked to me about how he doesn't literally use microscope, right? Yeah. But he, he's, he has learned some problem solving blocking skills from playing microscope that he's talked about several times to me. Um, so that's why I wonder whether and yeah. that ties it right yeah. into this. Yeah. But we got, we've gotten way ahead of ourselves, Ben. Yeah. Um, it, it changes your thought process. That's the goal. It is does. The, it makes you think of things. And I, and I even, so people, people ask me, like, is it a solo game? Like, no, no, it's not a solo game. But ever since I started working on it, I would literally just be walking around in my day <laughs> and looking at things and being like, and I'd start doing the process. Isn't that funny? And suddenly you're like thinking weird thoughts about stuff yeah. around you. And, it, and it's, so yes, you do, you do, your brain does it. You start, you start doing it by yourself. You start like, like questioning things. You, you, or questioning sounds too simple, but you, you apply the method. You say, what do we know that's true? What are the simple facts? Okay. What if those facts were true? There's, there's a very simple, like, it's almost too simple. Again, it's the, it's just like with microscope. I looked at it on paper before we did it. And I was like, this isn't even a game. And <laughs> what did I even write? This doesn't even count. Like. People are going to want their money back. And then we play it and it's so much fun. And I'm like, okay, I guess it works. Like, I guess oh, this that's is funny. Effective. Yeah. All right. So here's what happened. Uh, my daughter and I, we've got to the last, um, the last exhibit in the microscope section of the museum. We went and grabbed some lunch. The tuna fish is great. We come back and now we're going to go through the, in this world exhibit. Um, where does it start? What is the day before? The day before is I think eight years before. Interesting. Uh, 
being tortured by uh it's not exactly the game this game became but like the the question that i was asking myself was like um like we think we expect people of a certain type to also be of a certain other type like i have no idea what that means if you're a christian you're conservative uh, okay, if you're okay. if you're an environmentalist, you're also a liberal. If you're pro gun, you know what I mean. Like we 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 kind of conglomerate. We think yes, these two okay. things must go together, and they simply right. must. It's just the way of the world. But then you say things like, um, "We're talking about religion." I don't know why. Um, if you believe again, and I'm totally respectful of religion, but like if you say like, "I believe that God created the world and gave the world to humanity," whatever, and you go like, "Oh, if you if I was an alien and you told me that, I would say, oh, you must really like.'" treasure the world then because it is a creation you know what i mean you must be like oh protect every tree right but no it's not like that at all there's this kind of dominion over the world logic but but so to say like well what if that very same concept we expected just was the opposite that would also make sense it's that kind of thing and i wrestled with like how to make that a game exploring this kind of like why are these uh what do you call them? Cons, con, con, uh, uh, linkages. Why are these? Yeah. These buckets, right? Yeah. These buckets that we kind of throw things in, but so it's one thing, Ben, to, to, to have those thoughts, right. Just go, you know, yeah. like, why is that? Why, why are the, there's so many contradictions out there. Right. And, but, and but, actually but are I, they contradictions even it's that, it's that, or are they just like, it could have gone this way, but instead it went this way. Right. Yeah. But so, but so looking at that and then going like, how do you get people to think about that stuff? How do you get people to say these things don't didn't have to be this way? They did turn out this way, like like to get people to think about the possibilities that the world could be a little bit different. We could do things differently. And I'm not saying we even should do things differently, but to kind of recognize the degree to which the things around us are not written in stone. They are they have been written, but they didn't have to be there. We kind of just examine I don't know, just to kind of just kind of think about to question the things that are um, in a productive way. And so we, we could start a podcast, right, that explores that we could uh, write a write a book about it, get a PhD, right. PhD about something like that. When did you is it is it a game because you're a game designer? It's or the, is, it's that it's that as the world is going completely bonkers and everything's you know, like we get lockdowns and pandemics and just, you know, political unrest and upheaval. And you say, why am I working on games? Like I should be out there like, you know, doing something for society. And then you go, oh, right. That's what I do for society. That's my job. My job is to make games that will hopefully make people better people. Like, like, okay. So, so, you know, soapbox, right. Um, I think flat out a hundred percent, um, games that are social, interact with other people is just inherently good for us as people, mm-hmm. right? We're interacting with other people. That's good. Um, even more so, I think the games where we interact with other people and we see them being creative and interesting helps us realize that other people are actually pretty great. <laughs> like it, you know what I mean? You, you, you yeah. like people more when you game with them, you yeah. go, that was a cool idea. I respect yeah. you more. Yeah. Um, it's genuinely, it's the activity is genuinely beneficial. And then even on top of that, there's the, well, what if this stimulates thought, right? And we're mm-hmm. having something. So it's really like flat out in this world is very much like a, I, w- I want it to like help people think about the world, not get stuck in silos and like think about things differently, you know, and I'm not telling you what to think. Right. 
Exactly. I, I never tell you what to think, but I'm like, question anything you want, examine any topic you're interested in, and you will, your brain might just kind of like explode a little bit about whatever topic you're curious about. And, and is it, is this, is it because this is your medium? Yeah. But here's the thing. If I was doing a podcast, I could tell you things. I could say, hey, you never thought about this about pets, but this isn't me telling you things. This is me giving you a tool to think of things. Got you know it. what I mean? I'm not giving yep. you the answers. I just, I'm giving you, I'm not even giving you questions. I'm just right. giving you a method to like, uh, like a microscope. I'm giving you a tool. You know what I mean? Like, and it's yeah. same with microscope. There's no topic. I'm not saying, it, it, right. I'm not providing answers. I'm not even providing questions. Right. I'm just giving you a, a interrogative tool to help you think about things differently, whatever you want to explore. So we got to the, we got the day before we got the day where we said, you know, I want people to explore why things went the way they did and what would happen if they went the other way. And that all failed, by the way, that, that game. Oh, so I that's could, what I, I want to hear about. Make that so game tell me happen. about that. Like I spent years kicking around the, this, this game with people and it was just, it was just like, what, where's the fun in this? This is just not. Okay. And there was like, oh, but what if there's a person, this person's in conflict because of their different identities and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, this, this isn't really kicking it off. Um, and I was just, the other problem too is like, so imagine you haven't played in this world yet, but in, in this world, you, you do make this one world. And initially it was kind of like, well, what if you just, you know, said, what are the things in the world weren't the same? And it was like, I met it for all of you out there played this game. Imagine there was only one world in this game. That's how it was initially in my brain. Mm. I was like, this is terrible. This is just not, <laughs> what's the point of this? This is no good. And there was literally a moment like last October or something when I was just sitting there. I just, I, I spend years being tortured by games. I'm just like, I kick it around in my head for years. being this is not good. This is, doesn't, doesn't work. And then it's the epiphany of like, wait, why just make one world? Why not make a bunch <laughs> and even throw them away. Like literally be like, that world's done. We're not going back to it. Like, like, and just, and, and that sudden insight just made the whole thing possible. Without that, the game is a waste of time. But with that, it's suddenly a fun create. Cause you can, you can literally, here's the other thing about it, that by doing it that way, if you have an idea and your idea isn't like the best thing ever that everybody else loves, it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be perfect because it's just one of many worlds that's going to be made. It gives you freedom. Just be kind of like, well, let's try this. Let's make this thing. Let's see what happens. And everyone's like, cool, let's experiment. Let's do it. And then move on. Um, you're not, you're not committed and afraid that you're going to make a bad idea, which is the best thing ever for, for creative juices going. The, the shitty corporate stolen line of there are no bad ideas is actually yeah. born out of something real, which is, yeah. You have to have that freedom to fuck up. You have to have that yeah. freedom to go, you know, that was terrible. And, and, and if you, and if otherwise you, you second guess yourself, you, you never, you stutter, you're afraid to yeah. step out that, and you might set up, step out in 10 limbs and nine of them break, but oh shit, that 10th one, you never would have gotten to. Right. But, but if you think of like so many, so many normal game structures doesn't have that. Like if it's like no. we're playing a linear straight adventure game and the GM does a weird thing, like, well, now we're down this road and we're now stuck yep. with it and we don't have any way out. And you're like, well, crap, like, you know, it's no one's fault, but it's like, but every player at the table knows that we are committed to whatever we say and they're, they're stuck with it. And it's like, right. that's just the nature of the beast. So to have this be such a different 
I mean, Microscript does it a little bit in the sense that you can kind of jump to different points in time and kind of be like, well, I'm going to go over here instead because I don't really like that part. Um, but this is like taking that to a whole different level. And do you have a sense, Ben, of where that realization came from, where that small, which turned out to be a big breakthrough came from of we can make more than one world, we can throw away worlds, do you know what caused you to explore that or? It was like, it wasn't, it wasn't an explore. It was like, I'm just sitting there going for months, like, this is dumb. One world's terrible. How are we going to control? Like, what if somebody makes something? How do we, how do we educate which ideas should be right? Just endlessly bonk, 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 bonk. And it's the nearest description I can come up with is it's like, you're beating your head against the wall. And just in one second, your head just breaks through the wall. And suddenly mm. it was like, like the, the, in my mind, I could suddenly see this string of worlds laid out. And I was like, what if we just kept doing it? And it was like the second, the second it crossed my mind, it wasn't like, oh, would that work? It was just immediately like, that's the game that I want to make. Didn't even need to play test it. You just knew. I was just like, I was immediately like, well, now I want to do this. And we played the game like a couple weeks later, the tops. Like normally my process will take forever. And this went from like, this is useless. This is useless. This is useless to, oh, wait this solves everything. Let's play it now. Right. Um, uh, and it really was the, I had just, it's, it's the, it's the repeating myself over and over again. No, it's really dumb. Cause with only one world, you're just like, you're just constantly having to argue over what's right, right. or wrong. Like, like how do you educate? Does each person just get to make something? And that's true. And then they're <laughs> stuck with whatever they say. How does that, and I was just, it's, I think it was the endless, like this is a terrible constraint. I don't like this constraint. This is not helpful. And I think it was just the like, well, what's the opposite of that? And it, it's, it's almost like I'm playing in this world to make in this world. Again, like the, so one of the things you're doing in this world is you, you make simple statements like, um, you know, uh, uh, pets are named by their owners. Pets live with their owners. Pets eat food. And then to make a world, you'd just say, flip it. Like, what if that's not true? What's the inverse of that? Or what's, what's, what's a case where that's not true? And it's the, you know, this control one world is terrible. Okay, fine. Multiple worlds. And suddenly it's just like, it just, it solves itself. Like you just, your brain breaks through and you're like, okay, there you go. Um, and I know that's not, it's not an entirely satisfying answer, but it's just, it was such a, like a no, raw No, no, it is. You like, answered the pop. question. It just, it went straight through. And I was like, oh, I just eliminate the very thing that I'm wrestling with. I just don't do it. I just get rid of it. So something that we skimmed, skimmed around with our discussion with microscope and we've kind of done the same thing here. We've done a drive by on this idea a few yeah. times and I want to stop for a second, which is we've spent a lot of time talking about you by yourself thinking about games. And what I would like to get an understanding of is what, because it sounds like you have a, a core group or several groups that you're yeah. throwing these, poor, these poor people, oh, you're yeah. throwing oh, yeah. these games at them, right? Yeah. Can you give me a sense and let's use in this world to do that what you are learning by watching other people play these iterations, what are things that have, you have taken back from the table that have changed the game? Yeah, it's, it's, it's in this world is probably less of an example because in this world really kind of like, like Athena sprung fully armored from the head. Well, of let's, let's go to microscope. Microscope is a yeah. great example. Um, microscope is literally, and I, and this is a hundred percent. Like I play and even as I'm playing, I am watching, I'm not being weird during the game, I hope, <laughs> but I am watching like a hawk, every hesitation, every pause, every uh -huh. moment where you can see people having a little 
not sure. There, oh, actually, I take that back. The very first game of In This World was played with like the um, the True Brain Trust, like uh, Mark, Caroline, and Pat, like old school story game Seattle people, totally hardcore players. Um, and there was still, there was one step I did in a backwards order that I immediately saw should be the other way around. Um, and that game was good, but I could see how that was, was even so kind of slowing down their, their creative juices. Um, it is, I, I do this thing. Like I, I, I really don't want to waste anyone's time. And I really hate bringing a game to the table that I do not already feel is basically awesome. Like I, I don't like proto playtests with my friends. I right. often don't even tell anybody I'll work on a game in secret for years and not even mm. mention it to anybody. Um, if I'm talking about a game, it means I've either given up on it or it's done. Those are Interesting. Or, or it's like, it's like ready to play. I think. It's why done. is that? Why, why do you hold know. it so close? I think it's because there's this thing that happens where if you start explaining something to somebody, they say, Oh, you mean like this? Or they say, Oh, like this. Or they think about this. They start giving you feedback. They taint it. They taint it because it's like if you have a weird idea, like Microscope's a great example. If I try to explain to somebody Microscope early before it's really gelled in my head, it would become something else. It would become normal. And I didn't want it to become normal, right? I mm -hmm. want the idea. So I think we didn't touch on, and this is actually probably very topical to like uh, the, the how the game gets made. I do this thing um, every time I'm working on a game or even I'm thinking about a game, I will almost always write down what I call like maxims. I'll write down like things I want the game to be or things I want out of the game. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, like uh, they're basically like the laws that I'm trying to follow with the game. And I will write those down and keep them until the game is done. Mm -hmm. And they're always like, they're like my touchdowns to go back and be like, am I making the game I said I was making? Am I, am I accomplishing the goals that I intended to accomplish? And sometimes you don't, you look at a maximum and say like, okay, that was like for follow. There was, there was a whole idea that I was like, well, I just can't, I just can't work that in here. It's not going to happen. Like I'm right. going to let that go. Um, but you see game designers fail to do that and you see their game drift and right. you're like you meant it to be about this but now it's about this and that's cool if you meant to do it but yeah. like you should know you're changing course and you should embrace it you should never do it by mistake right um so that's one of the things that i how, how do you know to follow the drift though ben right so how do you know like there's there's times you've got you've got your north yeah. star your your your, your truth statement yeah. and you go whoa jesus i'm going way i gotta get back in the right lane here i've i've drifted too far it's, but it sounds like yeah. other times you go fuck it i'm i'm i'm, I'm not only gonna drift i'm gonna take a left turn here is there a, a way you know when it's just it's the it's the it's a you the designer are the only judge right but you okay. have to know if you know you're doing it and like i said that's why the maxims are because you can go back and look and say like this is what i because you you get lost in the weeds right if you've worked on a project particularly i work on projects for just way too long i'm, <laughs> I'm not i'm not a good example right like a microscope is like two and a half years development something like that um, you know, for just me, like that's too long for a game. It's like 80 pages, not even 80 pages. 80, I mean, like the game itself is like 30 pages, right? Um, you just, you have whole phases where you're just like, you lose track of like, what, what is the point of this operation? Right. And so to be able to go back and be like, this is what I meant to do. And you might go like, like the thing, the thing I was telling you about the identity game that just, I was like, no, this is not the game. I want right. I actively was like, this is not it. I'm doing this other thing instead. Uh, but I have to consciously make that decision. 
Um, if I just drift, if I just forget, then you're just kind of responding to like the last thing that happened in a play test. And you're just kind of, yeah, you got to be the judge, right? So I am walking down the street with you and uh, someone comes up and goes, holy shit, you're Ben Robbins. Yeah. And they go, you made in this world. And I, we just played it last night. What's going to, what could they say after that? That would tell you, fuck it. I did it. What, what would be the next sentence or two that would come out of their mouth that would make you then, as we continued on to go get lunch, you go see Craig, it's a goddamn good game. What could they tell you? It would be something like they would say, you know, like, and in this world, pets were da, da, da. And you, and it's something where you go like, Right. Like, like we just, we just played a game where it's like, you know, we played furniture, but it was like, you know, and one of the statements was like, you know, furniture comes in all shapes and sizes. No, in this world, there's only three, everyone has these three rectangles that are these three same, and that's in every room. You have these three rectangles. And I'm like, I'm already questioning this world at every level. I mean, because <laughs> it, it, it's that simple. It's like, it's, it's just things where you kind of, when you hear them, you're like, oh yeah, that's completely it's not that that world makes sense is that that world reflects back on our own world. And you go, Oh, right. right. <laughs> like that's, that's completely bonkers kind of compared to what we do. Um, I think, so, so, uh, okay. Here's another, here's an here's important thing, right? People like different stuff. People play microscope and they play microscope games that, or they play kingdom games, whatever. And I hear the story of the game that they played. And it's not my cup of tea. It's like, mm. You know, that happens, right? Like they just like different things aesthetically than I do. doesn't matter. That's not, it doesn't matter if I like it. That's not the point, right? Right. They enjoyed the, the type of fiction that they created. That's the point. Right? That's not what I'm asking you though. Oh, I know. Right? I know but You're I'm saying, 100% like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the, 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 oh, I'm getting is, is a different thing that like the, so like every, here's the thing, every game except in this world is like that. Like it's the. Is this will make sense? This will make sense. Okay. Like you can make fiction in microscope and be like, but that's the fiction I made and it was really cool. And I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds great. Um, in this world, because it is very concretely like holding a mirror up to something in the real world. When I hear you say, yeah, but it was like this, I see you thinking you're comparing it in your brain to the original thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I can see that, that it's, that you're not just talking about like, you know, a bunch of elves that made a kingdom. You're like, right. You're not saying you know, elves are short and they have rounded ears. Exactly. Right. You're, you're, you're saying in this, in this world, you're, you're, you're the light in your eyes is telling me that you thought about something that was normal and you saw how it could be different. And that, and that's, that's just cool. And you thought that was cool. And you just had this moment of like, and that was really neat, you know, and now you're kind of like, Hmm, it's that thing. It's the, it's the, that you had a little micro epiphany about, and not even if it's a serious thing, just like a funny thing, you know, yeah. like. Um, well, it, it sounds like a game and these are some of my favorite games. And um, oh, God damn, we're going to buy in this game and, and giving it to Patrick. Um, one of those games that, that like I have to tell somebody about it. Yeah. Right. I just got done playing this. I need to tell somebody about it. Um, and not every game is meant to do that, but it no. sounds like this game is. This game, this game is intentionally a, a huge other agenda for me. This is right on the maximalist. Is this is not a game that's just for gamers. This is absolutely a game. There is, 
And this is like hype, hype would a hype. This would be in the hype list of any game. Like, it's so accessible, blah, blah, blah. It's for anybody, blah, blah, blah. No, this is actually literally for anybody. This is like yeah. Microscope is weird, but you don't really have to know anything about role-playing games to play it, but it's still like, it's a bit of a thing, right? In this world should theoretically, I mean, as it is written, I believe, I'm confident, you could literally be like, hey, here's a classroom of kids. Hand groups of them and just go. Um, nobody should have to know anything at all about gaming or role-playing games or even being creative for this to work, right? You could walk into any room full of a couple people and be like, hey, we're going to walk through this method and it will work. That's, that's the intent. And I think I nailed it. <laughs> I think. With that being the intent, that must have had a huge impact in how you wrote it. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so how did you work through that? Saying, like, th- I want Throw this away to be all true. Preconceptions, right? So, like, talk to me about that. Yeah, it's still like, and, I, and I'm still, it's still the the preview version is out. The final is not out yet. That should be in the next month. And I'm still, I'm still questioning that. I'm still like, am I saying this as I would say it to you know the old explain it as you would to your grandmother that kind right. of thing, right? Um, I'm not sure I still tell I still need to, I'm always tweaking. I'm always like refining the text and simplifying it. Um, but yeah, exactly. Removing all things that are like things we think we know because we're gamers. Like, you know, there's, there's no characters, there's no scenes, there's none of that baggage. It's just, um, the entire game is like, I ask very simple, obvious questions. I ask real world facts and then I use that scaffolding to do creativity. So there's never a big leap of like, I have no idea. I got, you know, like a microscope, you kind of kind of make a big jump. Like and you do. Yeah, you do a hundred percent. And this is the, what if you didn't have to do any of that? What if it was just like a gentle handhold right down the line? And that's like exactly why my buddies are like, Oh yeah, but I'll play in this world because they, it's that ease of getting into it every time. And again, that same thing happens that without any knowledge of gaming or whatever, right. because you're asked very simple questions that leads you to this point of like, again, it's like, it's like you're using the real world facts and this discussion of the real world to build a nice scaffolding to then very easily step off to creativity. So it's, it's a very handheld and yet simultaneously incredibly open. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, I, 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 I'm so happy with it. I'm so pleased. And it's just, it, it, I'm it very pleased. It, it, it's very, it's very infectious and it makes I'm me so very critical. happy. I'm, you don't understand how much I like, I'm so critical of my games. I just like sit there and I'm like, like I just redid kingdom. Right. Cause I was like the first edition of King. kingdom was super fun, but the book was terrible. And I was like, oh God, this book <laughs> is just so, so wordy and just so much stuff. And I love this game so much. I'm doing such a disservice. So I, I revised the, I rewrote the entire book and like re-released it like, you know, half as thick. Cause I was like, no, this is a, this is a good, the game is good. I am explaining it badly. I need to fix that. Cause it's really good. So with microscope, we talk about legacies um, within this world. We talked about the breakthrough of the multiverse, right? The breakthrough yes. of saying, Hey, we're going to have multiple worlds here. It was there, was that it? within this world or was there another inflection point that was uh, not nearly the size of a breakthrough, but a a thing that you added or took away from this game then finally made all the gears fit or was it it truly just the multi-world? The the multi-world was the, was the huge one. That's the big one. Um, There was a tiny other little tweaks that won't make a lot of sense without looking at the game. But like when you make statements of truth, you, you have to say them in a particular way to make them, easier to review 
And there's a thing where when you add details, you 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 start off dealing with the statements and in the second phase of each world, you'd stop dealing with the statements and you only build on what you did in the first round, which wasn't initially that way. Um, but, but the point of it is to get people to address, like to, to kind of require you to address things people have already said and to dig into them. So it's like, it's like kind of like a miniature microscope thing happening with each world where right. you go like, here's some facts. Now you have to build on those facts. Like you have to kind of drill in a little bit farther. Um, those are the those are the again small potatoes compared to the multiple worlds is was such a big huge shift yeah. of the paradigm and like without that it wouldn't it wouldn't be the game it is at all yeah and structure is a part of microscope but it sounds like the process and procedure is like the centerpiece of this is that yeah. accurate am I am I am yeah. I hearing you correctly yeah the the procedure. The procedure is very simple, honestly, but it, but it, but it, it takes like really simple things and like, just kind of, like I said, gently walks you straight to the thing. And, and the, and it's, there's a lot of like, there's a whole section I'm writing, which is the, how does this work? There's a whole like, Hey, you don't need to read this to play the game, but, but we're game designers and we should share our knowledge. And so let me open up the hood and I'm going to walk you through why each part of this game is there and what it does. And you might not realize mm. it's doing something. It might look very superficial and you might be like, why don't I do that? Like, no, no, that's serving a purpose. Um, like, okay, here's a good example. Like when you first, you pick a topic, you go, Hey, let's do, let's do, our topic is going to be food. Let's talk about food. You know, how could food be different? And then you're going to make up statements, which are just true things about food. Like things that are not surprising to real world facts about food. But before you do that, you do this other step where you basically are like, hey, what are the elements if you were talking about what are, what are like things that would come up if you're talking about food? You might talk about like, you know, diets or restaurants or calories. And and you go like, well, why did we do that? Why did we do that step before this step? What's the point of that? And the point of it is to kind of warm you up. It's Interesting. like you go if you start kind of like, yeah, what, what, are, what are things about food? It kind of gets your brain going and you make this list of like. These are topics related to food to get you ready for the next step. So each step is just so easy because you're like, oh, we just sat here talking about food for a little bit, but not not putting anything on paper, just kind of right. like prime the pump a little bit. Yeah. Priming the pump. Exactly. That's exactly yep. what it is. And it's people do it. And then they kind of go like, well, I don't even really see what that did. Like, yes, I watched you. I watched you then come up Skip with an it idea. Next time and see what happens. Based on the element that somebody else made. Exactly. It's yeah. like the, no, that's a critical bit to then. That's cool. Warm up the brain. So it's like the top. So by the time you get to creativity, you've already been thinking about this real world topic for like a couple steps. You're warmed up. You're not just like cold, like, hey, let's talk about this. And, it, and it's so like subtle that I think if yeah. you just look at it, that stuff's unnecessary. Like, no, no, you, you need that stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's that it's those things that read so easy and you skim over them. And then you then you go, well, this game's not working. Right. And you go back and go, well, shit. We just skip this <laughs> I've done my, favorite, my favorite playtest feedback from anybody ever is always one like, well, we skipped steps three and seven, but we had a good time. I'm like, that doesn't help me. Like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? That's so like, funny. Every time, like, well, I appreciate you being honest, but wow. 
So you hinted that we have a version of this out there right now that's available, yeah. but it's not yeah. it's not in pen yet. It's not chiseled in stone yet. Yeah. How, how, how close are we? And then and then what happens? Like October. October should be final okay. PDF. And, and, and to be fair, the the version that's the preview versions out now, the sneak, the whatever called it, early access is the game. It's just okay. whether I'm going to like try to massage some explanations you know you mean like like change some of the wording i always until the very last minute i'm still trying to change the wording trying to perfect every last sentence right so i guess what happens will be released all right so that you you hit save for the last time yep right it's done what do you do next and i don't mean talk about other games what do you do within this world it would have to well well, then there's the print process where you do the fulfillment and all that kind of stuff out but the nice thing, um, so there's this, there's an interesting lull, like after you, when, when a game is still in like early access post play test, still kind of early access, there's a lull where people don't play it because they're kind of like, well, that's not the final one yet. I'm going to wait for the final version, right? Um, and sometimes this is for all you designers out there who, who wonder why is no one playing my game? That's why, because people don't want to read the game twice. They want to wait for the real game and be like, okay, yeah. good. I want to play the final version, right? I don't want the buggy version, right? Legit, totally legit. Um, the nice thing for me is that because I love this game so much, normally you'd say, oh, once it's out, you should then play it a bunch and like talk about it to get to people to play it. I just love the game already. So I, I love playing it. So I'm just like, I just enjoy playing it. I'm like, every time I'm kind of like, hmm, my, you know, like my friends are like, hey, let's play in this world. I'm like, oh, great. That will remind me of how much I love this game. It's great. Oh, that's cool. Oh, circling back to something that uh, you'd asked a question, and I think I, I thought afterwards of something that I that I had not thought of, which is that so the multiple worlds thing, right? One yeah. of the things before we played it for the first time, um, one of my big doubts, which I have no doubts about now at all, was that is it in any way valid to come to a game and say, "Hey, we're going to make a bunch of worlds together," but they don't all fit together? We're going to make a bunch of separate fictions like we're going to, you know, we're going to make five different worlds mm-hmm. and we're not going to have one. We're not going to pick our favorite. We're not going to be like, hey, is is that like because that's not normal. That's not what we do. <laughs> it's in not. It's yeah. not normal. Right. Yeah. And I had this like big doubt, like, is that still. Do I need do I need to have people like discuss their favorite? Do we have to have a debrief of like should a, so should a world win? Yeah. Should a world win? And then I was like. And I and I had a lot of like thoughts about this before I played it for the first time. And then the very first time we played it, we did this like there's a stage I had in there where at the very end I was like, oh, let's talk about what your favorite world was there. Kind of pick your winner. And immediately I was like, no, this is a terrible. We don't need this. We don't need Interesting. this. Interesting. Why? Because, Why did you know that? Because the thing of it, the thing I really embraced was that when we game together, it's really important that we all kind of like agree to what happened, right? We think the same thing happened in the game, right? If we don't think it's the same thing right happened, back in the game, it's, it's very weird, right? It's like, wait, you didn't, you, right? But we don't have to care about the same things. Interesting, right? <laughs> like, like you really enjoyed this one part. I really enjoyed this other part. That's fine. That's great. That's oh, not a that's problem. Super interesting, Ben. Exactly. And with the yeah. world, it's like you like that world for this reason. I like this world. We like totally different worlds. We don't have to talk about that. We could talk about it if we want to, but we don't have to. I could walk away with a totally different thought about what happened based on I was inspired by this and you were inspired by that. Doesn't matter. In fact, each of us takes away separately something and that's part of the process. 
Yeah. And boy, that I've never thought about that because that's something actually very unique about this hobby is that we can play the same game, love it for two completely different reasons. Exactly. And unlike a board game, my reason for loving it doesn't take anything away from your reason for loving it. And they're not even competition with each other. Not at all. Not even slightly. That's super interesting, dude. Yeah. I've never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. And it was like this. I had this moment of like, oh, wait, do we we need to be on this? And we are on the same page. We all made the same stuff together. Yeah. That's fine. But we can we can we can take away different experiences and we can. And the next day when we're looking back on it, we could be thinking about very different aspects of it. Yeah. And that's great. That's that's fine, too. So it's, 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 it was really like a leap of faith of like, is that OK? Can we do that? I mean, like, yeah, we totally can. It works great. Literally, I've never thought about it before. And I think my first reaction would have been that, which is, well, shit, that, that we're not done yet. Right. We yeah. got to finish this. Yes. But, and that's but what, you, you put it in a different context. That's and that's cool. the other thing that people people kept saying was like, but shouldn't we then play in one of these worlds? Shouldn't we then make characters and keep going? And I'm like, knock yourself out. Right. Feel free. I mean, you can. But but the finite resource is time, right? If if we drill down and make characters, whatever, that would take a couple more hours. Where are we taking those hours away from, right? Right. We, is that more place? I mean, like, well, and at some at some point, you stop playing in this world. You do something else, right? That doesn't great. change what you made. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And I and I'm, I'm like, hey, take this idea and run with it. Great. But if I put that into in this world, I would not make it a game that you can play in an hour and a half. We've had games that's like. We just made five worlds in an hour and a half. And it like sounds bonkers, but it's like you just have the snapshot of an idea, of an image, and you're like, awesome, done. Turn the page over. Next world. That's cool. That's very, very cool. So, guys, we're going to take one more break. When we get back from this break, we're going to get to your favorite segment. We're going to find out what Ben's been grooving on. We'll be right back. Oh, hey, it's me. Um, I'm interrupting this episode and I hope you're enjoying it and I bet you're anxious to hear the rest. But before we jump back, I need a favor. Do you know someone who might enjoy this episode? Can you shoot them a quick message or maybe even send them a link to it? Listeners sharing this podcast was the primary reason we almost doubled our audience last year. Also, would you like to see and hear these games in action? Go to the Third Floor Wars YouTube channel and Twitch stream. Our actual plays combine compelling role-playing, character-driven action, and system tutorials. We create great stories while lifting the hood and showcasing the game mechanics. Links to both are in the show notes. Okay, last thing, and I mean it. Have you rated this podcast on your pod platform yet? Maybe even written a short review? It is a simple way for you to be even more awesome than you already are. Okay, now I'm done. Let's jump back and listen to the rest of this episode. Um, so, Ben, this, this segment was a throwaway for a long time. Sometimes it would come up in the interview and sometimes it wouldn't. And I ended up finding it very insightful. Um, you know, as we put the end cap on the your history, start off with your history. We we go into an incredible amount of detail in your process. In this case, with two different games, what I think can be an interesting end cap to this conversation is stop talking about what you make and start talking about what you consume. So, it, has there been any 
books, movies, video games, role-playing games, board games, or anything that you got in front of you and went, oh my God, I can't stop thinking about this. I want to read it some more. I want to play it some more. What is something recently that got its hooks into you? Uh, so kind of two different answers, but like, like one thing that I do, or I've started doing, I've done for a while, but off and on is like, um, if there's a book that I keep hearing about, or I've heard about in the past, like it's a classic, like you've heard this title before, like on the beach, I've heard the name on the beach. I don't know what it's about. I will eventually go back and read those books. Like, I don't know what they're about, but I'm like, I kind of want to have read the pseudo classics and almost always they turn out to be something really good. You know, I just went through the great Gatsby again and read some like Norman Mailer and you're like, Oh, this stuff's got some legs. There's a reason this stuff is there. <laughs> this right? is good shit. Yeah. yeah. Somerset mom. There's a reason people, there's a reason I've heard this name. And the hilarious part is usually when I, when I pick up these books, I, I have no idea what they're about. Oh, that's and then cool. Page one. You're like, Oh, this is about world war two. I had no idea. Like, okay, surprise. Um, and it could be, it could be, uh, it could be a mixed bag, but it's, but it's, it's a very fast, it's a fun way to approach things, to kind of look at things and be like, well, I don't know. I've heard this name. That must mean something. Um, but on a totally different front, uh, on the gaming front, um, I kind of like did this not retro thing exactly. Not, it's not, it's only retro in the indie game world of like, I went back like seven years. Oh my God, to the dark ages, back in ancient history with my spelunking hat on, archaeology. Oh you know what I mean? Like old school. Yeah, it's, it's like but that. But it was right? just itch.i, not io. Exactly. It was like, oh wow. Yeah, exactly. So it made their own website. It was amazing. Yeah, I was playing, uh, I was playing this one game, uh, Remember Tomorrow, that we used to play a bunch at the Story Game Seattle meetup or not a bunch we played it rarely um and i kind of was like you know there's something to this game there's a, there's a there's a fun weird tapestry of characters to this game that i kind of i kind of want to try again i want to see if this can work and i played it so I two different gaming groups that both simultaneously were playing it for different kind of methods or different intents and it was good it was like this is really it was fun to kind of take it apart again and be like what is it about this game that works let's emphasize those parts let's not just play it by the book Let's play it by the best parts of the book, right? Let's emphasize the parts that are good about it. Um, and then the other game that got me very fired up recently uh, was I was playing Downfall by Caroline Caroline Hobbs, uh, who's a very good friend of mine and who is terribly shy about her own game. So, like, the running joke would be, if you were in a group and you pitched downfall, Caroline would just like leave the room and everyone would be like, what's going on? Like, oh, she's just, she's shy about her game. Right. Um, and, but, but I really like it, but I was like, I was like, there's something up, like, there's, there's more I wanted. Like I wasn't getting everything out of it that I wanted. And we played it again recently and we were like cracking the code. We just suddenly were like, wait, what if you kind of like did like just turn this bit a little bit to the left. And suddenly we were having this like, a great, just a great gaming experience. It's opening up kind of whole new doors to the bedroom. We were suddenly like, wait, this, this, this house has other floors that we didn't explore. Uh, so much so that even after the session, like me and the other two players, we just, we had a debrief. We're like, okay, wait, we need a debrief before next week. We need to like talk about what is, what is, what is going so well. Mm -hmm. And it's cause there's always like games that are just really fun because, oh, we're just all being really smart this week or whatever. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. But no, this is like, no, there's a mechanical thing happening. What is it? Let's figure it out. This makes me think of a really dumb question. Shoot. 
So I've heard. There's no dumb I've, questions. I heard a rumor earlier in this podcast. <laughs> I heard a rumor. Oh, oh there are. <laughs> Part of the reason this podcast exists is I was tired of hearing dumb questions. There you go. Be the but, answers um, you want to hear. Yeah. I was like, like, why would you ask that? You have this person on your podcast and you're asking that. It's a, that's a, it's a terrible question. Now, now I'm going to be, we know what this world needs. One more white guy with a podcast. Um, <laughs> exactly right. So I hear like of the, of the, the John Harper play pod, right. And we're talking about your little play pods and things like that. And one of the questions I have is somebody again, who consumes the shit out of all of these games, doesn't make games, don't want to make games. Are you guys really just playing these games or like, do you guys stop and just play or do you play at multiple levels and are thinking about this. And if we change this mechanic and why not D fours, am I making sense? Like, yeah. do you guys just like, ever stop and just play? Oh, absolutely. No, there's, there's like a hard rule. Um, so I ran, I ran story game Seattle for like eight years. And one of the hard rules that I was like adamant about was like, we're not, we're playing the game. We're not tinkering with the game while we play. The experience of play is what we're here to do. We're not here to Got debug it. the game. I don't want to midstream stop and like, tinker with the rules. I don't want to, I don't want to do that during the game. I want to play. I'm here for the play. Right. So the, the, like the deeper thing I was talking about was very much a, we're done for now, but we need to talk about this. What was that just about? Um, I outside of play will very often tinker with the game. Cause it'll mm-hmm. be like part, part of it. It's back to the story game Seattle thing. I was, I was bringing in total strangers every week and teaching them games and I needed tools that did the job and were simple enough that I could like, we got a couple hours. I need to both teach you this game and play a full game. I need this to be tight. I can't mess around. I can't have like a bunch of random stuff. I can't, I can't go into like deep topics. I have to like present you with the simplest form of this game to get going as quickly as possible. So, so that kind of like streamlining, Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't really like, I don't want to make games more complicated. I don't want to tinker with other people's games and like add stuff. But I, I do sometimes you see someone else's game and you go, I know I can see what you're getting at. It's genius. I don't think you nailed. I think you added a bunch of stuff because you were either you, you thought it was necessary or like you were worried that it would go off the rails, but I don't think you needed that stuff. And this is your genius idea. And that's what Mm -hmm. I want to play. I want to play your genius idea. I want to focus on that part. Um, but again, that's never, that's never during the session. Right. That's like, we'll do that outside of game. Right. How do you know if you can have that conversation with somebody? How do you know that you can come across, that you come across a game and you have a clear sense of yeah. your eight things out of 10 are freaking amazing. You got to drop these last two. How do you know whether you can tell somebody that? In in these cases, these are people who I'm I'm not interacting. With. I just bought their book. I'm just doing it. They don't need to know. Like I might right. blog post about it, be like, hey, by the way, FYI, I totally hacked your game. Um, yeah. But the flip side, though, is then people who are friends of mine who are game designers, who I have exactly that conversation with, and I am I am pretty ruthless with feedback because. Um, if it's somebody who I, I respect and I like this, this will help them. If I'm telling them, because here's the thing. Once you release the game and hundreds of thousands of people play it, it's too late. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like if people have a bad experience, that's going to be on you and you don't want that. You want, you want to give them the best game possible. So before the game is released, play testing, all that stuff, I will flat out be like, this is not going to work. Or, or I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Right. I'll be like, I think this part is problematic. I think if you did the dice differently this way, you know, and I'll, I'll 
why I'll go into the whole details, but that's the time to be honest with a designer, right? Once the game's out, it's a different ball game. It's like, you don't want to be like, your game's terrible, blah, blah, blah. But, but I, for my own purposes, will, will change it. Um, but even like people, people have come to me before who I didn't know. And they were like, Oh, you, can you look at my game and give me some feedback? I'm like, you're going to regret this. Like, (laughs) I mean, like, no, I mean, like, cause I, I will say right up front, like, okay, sure. But FYI, I am very, it's not garbage, garbage. Well, it's not garbage is strong, but like, but like, well, maybe it is garbage. I mean, it's the, I was just working on a project with a guy over in, um, where is he? Uh, the Netherlands, the Netherlands. And he was like, I want you to give me some feedback on this game. We had a bunch of meetings talking about this, this project he was working on. And I was flat out like, the great thing about the discussion was he started off by telling me what he wanted to do. Like his goal, That's huge. his maxims basically. And he was like, this is my agenda. And I was like, awesome. And then the thing you showed me doesn't do any of this stuff. I was like, here's the thing you said you wanted. And here's what you're doing. That doesn't really. And I was like, point by point, how does this support your goals? And he how was, hard was it for them to see that? To be fair, this guy was awesome because he was like, you're right. Now that you say it, now that I, if you link one by one, does these, do each of these things support your intent? That's the thing. It, it's not, there's. I could come in and say, like, I like this game more. Or I think it should be up this way. That's that's garbage, right? That I shouldn't do mm-hmm. that. But if you tell me I'm trying to make a game that does X, I can be like, awesome. I can evaluate whether the game you wrote does what you're thinking. And that's usually where people get tripped up. They, yeah. they have an idea. I want this game to be about, you know, I don't know, independence. And you go like, well, did any of the things you wrote down get to that? Like... Um, and the nice thing is like, I mean, some people don't want to hear that and that's totally fair, but, uh, and then they release a game and no one plays it. There's nothing sadder than an unplayed with games sitting on the Island of misfit toys. And there's so many of them. Wouldn't you all rather have games that everybody wants to play and that do what you want? Know what I mean? I mean, seriously, like who wants a game that no one plays? That's just sad. Like put, <laughs> put the effort in yours. It's a many to one relationship. If you put the time in now to fix your game, it'll multiply across all these people. But if you don't do that, you're wasting all these people's time, right? Hours will be lost at the table and people will will resent it. They will not appreciate it. So, yeah. And as, as the person who buys these games, Ben, I can tell you there are a lot of games that I've read that I'm very happy I bought, but they didn't demand to be played. And then there's a couple games recently that I've come across that I didn't have a choice in the matter. I read these games and I'm like, I, I, I don't, ha- I got to play this game. Uh, most recently, uh, Public Access by Jason Cordova. Um, I, I read that game and I'm like, I'm moving the entire streaming schedule. This is this, this game has to be played. I have to play this game. And that's, that's pretty cool when yeah. that happens. And it doesn't yeah. happen every time. And I'm not devaluing the other games that I've enjoyed, that I've read and I've enjoyed, and I may never have to play them. I've gotten my money's worth out of those games. So I'm yeah. not complaining about those games. There's value there. I've also bought games that are, I'll sure. wish I didn't buy. Right. But, um, but there are, there are special games out there that just, you can't, I can't let go of it. Like I've got to get this to the table. And um, there's, there's nothing sadder too that when you see someone has a game and you can see buried in there, yeah, they're a good idea, but they just aren't presenting it clearly. And you're like, no one's going to wade through to get to your good idea. You're, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're hiding 
the great idea you've got. And it's just, it's just very unfortunate. So your ability to see that through line, I'm not saying you take it for granted, but it's a very rare ability. And I'm not even talking in game design. I, I, in my, I'm working in corporate bullshit that I value that when I'm in in that world too. It's very rare. Where do you think that came from your ability to, to navigate and say, here was the goal. Here's where you started. Here's where you, and this is, and, and, and you went astray. Like, does, does that instinct you have come up in other parts of your life? Or I could be totally wrong too. I could, I mean, it's entirely possible. Well, yeah, like this, yeah, well, yeah. this is all under the supposition you're not an no, idiot. I think, I think, I mean, going, going like way, 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 way back. Um, so my dad was a teacher and one of the things he taught his students was critical thinking. He's a big, big fan of critical thinking, like, like taking something, looking at it, examining it. Like what, what was really said in that sentence, what was really implied by this paragraph, even we were tiny children, you know, he would, he would kind of like show us examples from his class. So I think like, even from a very early on age, this kind of like looking at the thing for what it is clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I think wedding that to being willing to face reality, like to, if it's bad, it's bad, like, and not. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. like my own stuff, particularly like I'll look at my own stuff. Like, like I said, first vision of kingdom where I was like, okay, this is this, I did not do the good job. I need yep. to fix this. Um, I think, and then the flip side of it is that I think too many people don't, which you need everybody, which you need, you need people to be honest with you. You need your friends who look at your stuff to not just encourage you. Encouraging you is great, but they also need to at some point tell you when it needs more work. Right. And nobody wants to hear that, but to let a friend release something that is that to you doesn't seem obviously ready is very unfair. Like I, I've, I've like a good friends and there's people listening to this go. I remember that who like <laughs> they had a thing and they like, I got to release this before Gen Con. And I'm like, you have some good ideas in here and the rest is not ready. And you only get to release it once. And yeah. so you really want to do that. Like, is that, is that what you want to do? Like you're, you're letting the schedule get away with you um and yeah you got to be honest with people if you if you if you love them you got to be honest with them (laughs) but there's also there's there's got to be an incredible amount of mutual respect there and there and there's and 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 obviously uh a lot of trust you walk away and that's fine (laughs) 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 oh god so um ben there's a lot of things to do on a tuesday night that's a lot more enjoyable than sitting and talking to me about so much fun (laughs) i'm glad this was a huge favor and i really appreciate you making the time awesome i appreciate it i appreciate you having me (laughs) hey and you listening this is the end you listen to the whole damn thing and i appreciate you too take care we hope you enjoyed this episode subscribe to tabletop talk and share it with your friends check out our content on youtube and twitch Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and stay updated on everything coming from Third Floor. All the links are in the show notes. Take care, Floorheads. Oh, it's good, dude. So good. Ah, oh, so much fun. 
There's other the time before an interview you're like, I don't know if I have anything to say. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. Know. You know what's so funny about that is that it happens on this site too, right? So yeah. uh, I was downstairs with my wife. Um, I had a, another pre-meeting about a stream that I'm doing next week and I had about an hour between that and this. And uh, I was downstairs and this happened. And this, this has nothing to do with you. This happens to me every fucking right. time. Right. Down there, I'm like, I think the last thing I want to do right now is a goddamn interview. Oh yeah, because you're like, because like, you're like, you gotta kind of do the I'm work. I'm tired. Right? Yeah, I yeah. don't really want to do this. And my yeah. wife, because she's ten times smarter than me, she's like, "Honey, three minutes into that stupid interview, you're gonna be so glad you did it." She's yeah. right every time. And you know, and you know what the parallel to that is? That is, that's the gaming experience. Sometimes people are like, "I'm it's tired. I don't want to jump in and do the thing." If you do it, you have fun, but it does take that little leap of like, I yeah. got to bring some, I, you know, you could just play an online board game that night, but maybe you should like put a lot of energy and like, yeah, happens so every time. True. Yeah. Ben is the voice behind ours, Ludi. Bo- <laughs> <laughs> okay, not that funny, It was bound to happen. <laughs> take two. <laughs> take two. <laughs> You're that was a pro, very professional. <laughs> You're a pro. That's exactly what this podcast is. That was a great segment. Nice, nice, fantastic. Yep. It, um, <laughs> and what's cool, this, and and this gets into uh, don't plot your D and D campaigns, mm. like the superhero thing. How that just like suddenly like mutants and masterminds like it yeah. just kept coming up. And I'm I like, know. I it, know. It, it always just, blows I, me away. I it like, every oh, yeah, right. I'm still paying for my sins. <laughs> you know, I'm playing capes. It's oh. so it's yeah. so funny how our brains work and we piece yeah. together these these stories and make these connections. Yeah. Um. All right, I'll bring us back and and what I'm gonna do I'll uh, uh read the blurb from Jason and then we're gonna go back to the day before microscope was ever a dirty thought in your mind. And then we're going to move forward from there. So a similar progression. Okay. All right. Holy shit, dude. What a cool segment. Good stuff. It's such good. stuff. I love talking about this stuff. It's so good. I like, I like, I, I, you don't get tired of it, huh? It's fun. I love it. I love, I love hearing about you coming back to to gaming after all this time. It's fantastic. Dude, you should have seen my, like, cause I was like, like, literally when I was leaving gaming, the the thing was universal systems. Yes. We are going to solve yes. role playing games by by making the game. Yeah. GURPS. Right. It's going to be yeah. the one and, game. Right. Yeah. And, and for me, it was GURPS because I mean, the GURPS system, we can talk about, you know, right. goods and bads, but it's a solid little fucking system. It yeah. really is. But the secret was the unbelievable source books that were being produced for that game. Yeah. And, you know, like just there is a treasure out there and if you never play GURPS there's just source books out there that a lot of them are problematic now but they're just <laughs> absolutely freaking brilliant right yeah, and just beautiful totally. and Champions had it too Hero System had them too when I come back and they're like okay we're done with that we don't do right. that anymore <laughs> so you're playing two ants <laughs> Who just stole a grape? And I'm like, what is going on right now? And it's Tuesday. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know. I had okay, and, wait, so I had I had a I had a debate when I was in college. I was an idiot. And I was talking to these I was at the the, the game society we had, and these two older guys who I guess now you would think of them as grognards or whatever. Right. 
And I was arguing about how D&D was so great and you could use D&D for anything. Because <laughs> I was an idiot. And they yeah. were arguing like, no, like if, they were like, well, you know, but if but different games will give you different facts. Like if I want to play a samurai game, I'm going to play Bushido. And I'm just like, but you could just play that with D&D. Because I, I didn't understand at that age, that, that terrible age. They, no, the, the rule system influences yes. the feel, right? It, it does. And it um, there was just there's a series of games because I was at the beginning, I was the D&D can do everything. GURPS can do everything right. guy. And then slowly I just realized, and there was, it was a two part process. It was, it was, um, I'm going to end up putting this in the podcast because this is good. It's good it was a two, yeah. It was a two part process because part one was shit system does matter, not just for adjudicating, but for, for, uh, holding up a, 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 a feeling. Yeah, yeah, making you right. making you feel the way you want to feel in this moment right. for this game. Yeah, Putting and you supporting yeah. the type of game you're trying to play, which right. is different, right? And then the other part that was key was realizing, like, learning D and D is hard. Yeah, learning GURPS is harder. Yeah, but learning these other games isn't that hard. And once <laughs> I realized both of those things were true, that that I could find a very specific game read it two or three times and then just start playing in it, which I, I couldn't do with these other games. That was the right. big breakthrough, right? You know, and um, now uh, I get made fun of by my my community because like my channel is all over the place, my actual play stuff. Like I just like, I find these games. I'm like, I got to fucking play this one. Let's go. You know? <laughs> hey, and, don't make fun of the community. Be nice. Don't, oh, don't, don't, be, so, don't they, be that they, guy community. Uh, Oh, there's well, they love it, right? Um, but uh, the well, actually, that's not true. They, they the the big joke is uh, uh, tabletop talk is the most expensive free podcast you'll ever listen to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because, you get to buy all these games, right? Right, and and there's a channel on my Discord that's called "I Was Cranked," yeah, and it's just yeah. pictures of the last guest <laughs> game. <laughs> like, I think, okay. yeah, I mean, but full circle, I just realized now. I'm also kind of back in the other boat now in a, in a different way. Interesting. Like, not exactly, but like, um, like when I make games, one of my huge criteria for making a game is I, I, and this is just me, I absolutely want to make a game that has broad applicability. So you can play in different, like more than once. I don't want to make a game that you're going to play once and be like, I don't need to play that again. Or like, I want to play that every now and then, or it's, or it's so specifically toned. Yeah. That's different that you can than next do, door. I know exactly yeah, what you're you saying. You can only do yep. one thing with it. Right. So like, it's yep. the, every time it's like, like jumping to kingdom, not talking about kingdom, but jumping to kingdom. It's that kind of example. Like, like you can make a lot of different kinds of communities and they all work in different tones yep. and flavors. And it's always about a community but that's so broad. Like that's so many possible things. Um, and I think, well, it's I think from, from, yeah. Avery's games are like that, right? Yeah. Where the, the first time you read her games, you think, you know, uh, how many times am I going to play this? And then you realize, well, you can play it like 50 times. Yeah. And guess yeah. what? Every time is going to be different. Yeah. But yeah. That's, that's the thing I wanted to be given. One games is or as a designer. Like I, I if, when you ask someone to read your game, you're asking them to invest time to learn. Your yes. Game system. So like the, the learning must be equal to, the reward must be much, much greater mm -hmm. than the learning, right? You can't just be like, hey, I read this 300-page book. You're only going to play once. That's just not, doesn't make any sense, right? Um, don't waste people's time. <laughs> it sort of comes well, down to, so, yeah. So here's, here's the hard part as a guy who does not make games is, I, I agree with you. 
right? You, you need you need to you need to create a game that can be played multiple times because of the investment that's made. The hard part is making them want to. And and I, you know I've tried so many games in the last five years, and there's some of them that I'm not going to go back to. Whereas there's right. some games that I can't wait to play. Again. But hopefully somebody else like maybe. So there's the kind of game where it's like this game is very strongly typed, but I could play a hundred sessions of this. Like I, if I like this genre, if I like right. if I want to be, a, you know, mech samurai, like I'll just keep playing this game. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, flip side, I was inspired by a game about uh, being in a romantic relationship with a were rat. So I'm not <laughs> sure. Oh, it was a mutual decision. That's the name of the game. It was a mutual I've never decision. Heard of that. I'm going to have to. Track no one this has down. heard of that. No one has heard of that. <laughs> You are no one. No one on this podcast has heard of this game. Hands up. Nope. I see no hands. No one's heard of this game. <laughs> I bought a copy of it. I read it on the plane and I was like, what is happening? What am I reading? What is this? I love that. Yeah. And it was a mutual decision because that's the joke. Right. The oh, breakup, that's hilarious. They, they just broke up. That's what it is. They just broke up. One of them may or may not be a murderous were rat. And in fact, is. And their friends are trying to understand the breakup. And maybe someone's about to get murdered. It's that game. Yeah, it's that game. You just sold the shit out of that game. I know. I know. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I play that game. Yeah. Like, I want to play that tonight. It's really funny. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, that's yeah. great. It was a mutual decision. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good title for it, too. It's a great gonna, title. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to have to track it. It's a mutual decision about the breakup. That's good. All right. I'll bring us back. How do I want to bring us back? Let me <laughs> think about this. Totally face now. You're gonna have to. Yeah, let me think for a second. Jigger. Uh, oh, hey, are you still here? Wow. Um. Well, the episode is over. But if you're bored, why not go to Patreon.com? And support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Yeah, you can just scroll down. Scroll down and, yeah, get the link. It's Patreon that makes this and all of our other content possible. Don't you want to join the other floorheads on the Patreon Discord? Anyway, thanks for sticking around. Take care. Bye.